Welcome back, folks. A little bit of Deftones for you. Fucking love this tune. And you shut it off. How dare you, Ben? Changing the House of Flies. Such a good song. Such a wonderful song. Great album, too. Great album. That's off White Pony. Their, uh, I believe that was their third album, 2000. Phenomenal. Really changed the game for uh, heavier music. Um, and Deftones did as well, you mm. know, as, as a whole, not just that album. Mm. But uh, you, can't, you can't give a band like that enough praise. And they've been really consistent over the years. If you listen to their albums from day one till I think the most recent one called Ohms came out, I think it was last year. Um, I mean, they, they never have fallen off. No, in my opinion, they've on. never fallen off. They've never really, ch- I mean, their sound has evolved, but they've always stayed true to themselves. And they're a very, they're a heavier band with lots and lots of artistic integrity. And you cannot say that about a lot of heavier bands, at least for their whole career. Mm. You know, I mean, Name one, you can say. About right. this. There's not a lot. Like I would, I, I think Slayer fans would say that Slayer. Besides, there was a little, a uh, little flirtation with, uh, with some, with some uh, new metal, some um, industrial sounds in the in the '90s, I believe. But besides that, Slayer's definitely stayed like Slayer for their entire career. Well, that's what I was saying. Like there, there was one of those. They are one of those type of bands that have really never changed their format right. and stayed relevant. No. You know. No, they have never they've <laughs> they've like they've flirted ACDC, with it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like A C D C Oh god. Like, yeah. They have never changed their fucking format yeah. and they're still relevant. You know, like American rock and roll, even if in Australia. I've heard this joke <laughs> ab- Yeah, exactly. It, they're the most non American American rock and roll band, band ever. <laughs> I heard this joke about ACDC. That's ACDC's next next album, The Search for the Fourth Chord. <laughs> Search for the Fourth Chord. <laughs> pretty much their entire catalog is three chords. Of course. Yeah. And they do it really, really oh, well. Yeah, that's like I said, they, they, they have never yeah. changed their format, and no. they still stay relevant. It's just Angus out there in the little schoolboy uniform, oh. cranking the leg and... Well... I mean, I think they have like Axl Rose singing for them now. They whatever. sure did. Well, no, that I don't think he's I don't anymore. Think I don't he even was, think they're touring anymore. I think they're. Well, I heard right they're now. they're going to again. They oh, uh, they had a. They must need the money. <laughs> I, I somehow <laughs> doubt that. I mean, they probably don't refuse the money when they get it. Well, hell no. But I would Which say I at this point, either. they're. Brian Johnson a few years ago had a. a problem with his hearing um he was going deaf or he was told by a doctor that he immediately needed to go you know basically stop you know performing Performing. or he would go completely deaf and i don't know you know what's happened with that but that is when axel rose stepped in a few years ago and was their temporary lead singer i mean it was it was kind of like a cover band really it was just yeah, the ACDC musicians and Axl Rose, Rose. sing the hits, Damn. Bon Scott, and 
I, you know, but you know, it that really doesn't surprise me that he lost his hearing because I, I, I as a witness that went to at least two ACDC shows in my life. <laughs> They're loud. They're fucking loud. Yeah. Like it's loud to the point like I, this is not even comfortable fucking hanging out. I mean, I feel like I'm. Oh yeah, I've been to those shows where you feel like your eardrums like, are sonically. It just doesn't. Feel yeah, it doesn't. Good, you're not. You know? It's too loud. Yeah. You're you're not taking it in. That's why I wear earplugs. For a lot of the, especially the heavier shows, I feel like that you can hear it a lot better with earplugs because you're you have no trouble hearing it. Yeah. You're no. just it's just the it takes all that high frequency that you don't yeah. fucking hear that hurts your exactly like out that of it. the heavier reverb that makes it uncomfortable is kind of drowned out uh, drowned out a little bit and you can enjoy it more mm. i mean and i i've done that for years now because i have hearing problems uh you know a lifetime of seeing loud shows and working with you know power tools at times that'll fuck your ears up. oh hell yeah you know so oh, yeah. i'm really careful now about that and if i'm ever around loud machinery or at a loud concert i i try to wear earplugs sometimes i forget and then i'm immediately reminded yeah. <laughs> at the show that oh shit, shit i forgot my earplugs i'm old yes <laughs> and i'm old that too let's not forget that part but so uh, what were we talking about before we went on air i know we wanted well, to talk about a few about things it. uh well there's some that uh aftershock festival out in sacramento yeah that but we're, we're talking about something else over. though too well that's a pretty sick lineup though yeah though yeah my goodness two nights of metallica all the heavy hitters original misfits i mean that right there that's and that's just the three headlines testament exodus oh god fucking let me let me look it up here who else is there too uh the deftones are there uh i don't think they were there macedon Okay, here, I've got it. So, Armored Saint, I think I saw there. Friday too. night is Metallica, Rancid, Volbeat, Seether, Dropkick Murphys, Skillet, Suicidal Tendencies, Avatar, Pop Evil. Saturday night, Original Misfits with Glenn Danzig, Offspring, Machine Gun Kelly, Gojira, Mudvayne, Body Count, Ice T's Band. Asking Alexandria, Atreyu, Bad Flower, Anti Flag. I've seen Anti Flag. I saw them open for Rage Against the Machine. Atreyu is pretty good. Uh, Sunday night is Metallica again playing a different set of songs. So if you're a Metallica fan, you're getting two shows with a different set list. Yeah. I guarantee. And it. if you know, if you've been to Metallica and you saw them, you know that they're going to put on a good show. Yeah, they they are. They always do. They're professionals. What, whatever you feel about their newer music yeah they're professionals their, at the game, yeah. their live show has always been yeah. phenomenal i think they actually sound better live than what they do sound on the cd or an album yeah my opinion oh yeah i mean they're just yeah they're they're metallica so it's it's them social distortion rise against mastodon pennywise in this moment black veil brides steel panther for clint <laughs> and yellow yeah, wolf rock. yeah so uh, if that's not a festival worth going to, I don't know what is. Um, uh, I, hey, I would, I would take the, I would take the flight out to the Sacktown, California, and like hang out for a weekend there. It's on Quinn's birthday. Um, is it on October fifth? Pretty close. It's your birthday wow. weekend. 
October 5th is my birthday. Uh, October 7th, 8th, 9th, oh and 10th. Oh, my God. So it's pretty the damn week, close. It's the week, it's it's, the week of my it's birthday. It's the week of your birthday. <laughs> it's about as close as you can get. If your birthday's so on like Thursday, a Tuesday, yeah. So that Thursday is my yeah, birthday. Yeah, they're not going to have it on a Tuesday. That's yeah. going to be that week. That's yeah. Your whole week is the birthday. It's not well, it's just true. one day. True. Even yeah. when you're in your 40s, it's definitely true. Yeah, and it's also just an excuse to go out to it. I mean, well, yeah. It's also an excuse to tell your significant other, hey, I'm spending this much money to get the fuck out of here and go check yeah. out this shit and uh later might never peace. come back peace i'm uh <laughs> i'm gonna get lost when i'm out there i uh, mean i mean you're not gonna get lost in Sacktown. not all who wander are lost, lost. man dude you'll hear <laughs> you'll hear that out there that's that that might not be a show that attracts a lot of hippies i would doubt that <laughs> I would but doubt. there are a lot of uh, just one or two metal fans out in the West Coast. Yeah, considering that that's where at least most th- of thrash all of those metal bands was. came from. Yeah. yeah, with the exception of a few others, you know, like Math- Macedon's from Ath- um, Atlanta. Yeah, Georgia. I mean it's there. I mean there's there's no you know bigger place for it than west coast california but it's there's a big play, scene and venue though what's the venue that they're uh, in Sac- in sacramento they've had the aftershark outside oh it's it's outside absolutely it's it's uh they've had it now for years because i remember seeing past lineups from like god 10 years ago i think uh it's called discovery park um it just says sacramento so i'm not a great sacramento mind i've never been there but uh discovery park sacramento october 7th 8th 9th and 10th so there you go well hey you know hey our listeners you podcast go, is over you, that's you it. Go, <laughs> hey listeners if you go and that's all to we, that show yeah. uh you know we will do a live Please. podcast from the show. <laughs> I'm, Let's not I'm committing that. us to it right now. We need a Kickstarter. We need we need yeah. the funds. We're, we are not too proud to beg. But if we get the funds, we promise you that we will do a live podcast from <laughs> the Aftershock Festival. I can't say we'll be sober. Shit, I got I to gotta set up a, po- a Patreon now. I can, say, I can say that we won't be sober. <laughs> well, I, I know. I, I, I can promise you we won't be sober, which will be the best part. So uh, <laughs> let's, just, let's just sit back and watch the Kickstarter funds roll in, because I'm sure they will. You can use credit. You can, we'll even take Doge. Do- we'll, was we'll, it Dodge? Or Doge. Yeah, Doge. Yeah. Bitcoin. That, Bitcoin. I mean that's that's where the future is heading, kitties. Oh man, I can I can just see depending like who a, you talk to. I can I can just see like a bad like cyberpunk <laughs> like matrix vignette just passed through my head when you just yes. said that. <laughs> Bitcoin. It's the future, man. It's the future, man. Um, and well, there's something else. There's another like music festival that's a lot like that and that's in wisconsin yeah uh rock fest um in kadat wisconsin which is about two hours from the twin cities a little bit past eau claire and uh that one has a few bands that i really want to see and a couple that i don't want to see but that's okay (laughs) um i would really love to see rob zombie i would love to see danzig 
I would love to see Corn, and I would love to see Anthrax. Um, there's a couple other ones that all solid that acts. you that all solid acts spiked sparked your interest too. I can't think of them right now. I suppose we could pull it up, but uh, yeah, I mean that would be uh, a lot more doable since that's only about two hours. So I'm committing right now that uh, we we don't need the funds. We could fund ourselves, but if you want to hear a podcast from Rockfest and Kadat in July. I'm committing us to that right now. And you could um, send it to off on a tangent, MPLS at gmail.com. Or you could send it in cash. <laughs> you could send it in cash. Uh, it's, you could just mail it in the mail. You know, um, put a nil note. Thank you. Venmo. Venmo. Take yeah, some Venmo. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to get money is what <laughs> is going on right now. I have no intention don't of say. I have no intention of using it for anything other than myself. So oh my uh, I'm a thief and that's what I'm doing right Hail now. Hail to the thief. Uh, yeah, exactly. So anyway, yeah, both of those. I I think the the bigger issue here is that uh right now it would just be really fucking cool to see a oh, music festival dude, I mean, or a I concert think of is any for that of any of, time yeah <laughs> you know like people are i mean i mean you get a lottery ticket that's to go see a baseball game now right, right? Cause correct because you, you can't it can't be at full capacity yeah i bet motherfuckers are raging at a fucking baseball game yeah because they're just out doing it's something, just they're out doing a, something and they're in it yeah. and it's somewhat social yeah you, you know? don't know what you miss until you don't have it and then you really miss oh, it oh man and then I just going cinderella back. right now that song you don't know what yeah. you got Till it's gone. And ironically, that's another band playing at Rockfest. Cinderella. <laughs> of course. Fozzie is playing there, too. Fozzie is playing there. And not, I like Chris Jericho. Not the bear from Muppets. Yeah, no. The, I wish he was. No, it's uh, Chris Jericho. Chris the Jericho's pro- band. The professional The wrestler. mighty Chris Jericho yeah. has a band. Has a band. And, and he's actually playing. really good at singing. He's like The band is actually decent. Well, there you go. Um, first, it used to be called uh, Fozzie Osborne. And then really? They, and they were. Uh, oh, that's way too close to <laughs> copyright infringement. And they I'm were sure. first called Fozzie Osborne. Yeah. Uh, but then. Uh, I think Sharon Osborne might have put the vice to the nuts on that uh, one. Oh, I don't know. I don't know the story on that. Did. But uh, they were first called that. And, and they were originally just like uh, a cover band. You know, it was like Chris Jericho's cover band when you would do when he was like off not wrestling, right? Right. And then it got so big because Chris Jericho is a popular fucking wrestler. You know, there's millions of motherfuckers that know him. So the band got big, obviously. So then they turned they turned into an original act and dropped the Osborne. It's called it Fozzie. Just Fozzie. Just Fozzie alone. Well, that's. They're, I'm surprised they're not that's getting. Why, that's that's the story of the name. Well, then they're not getting sued by the Muppets. Well, so. no, no, because right, it's spelt different too. I think. Okay, you want to hear the headliners by day? So Wednesday, the 14th of July, Queensryche, Slaughter, <laughs> Joyous Wolf, Royal Bliss. I don't. I'm not going to name all. Of them. There's Just a bunch the of 40 or 50 year olds going to be doing cocaine. <laughs> watching that show <laughs> or another night in Kadat, wisconsin yeah. was, they just need an excuse to do it right? uh thursday night is rob zombie stained theory of a dead man and clint's diehard favorite band steel panther <laughs> Why is that my well it's i just it's nothing to be ashamed of you said that 
you told me before we started that Steel Panther was greater than Led Zeppelin. Oh, I and have fine. not I, said that. I, I'm not <laughs> judging. Everyone has their taste. It's fine. Oh my goodness! Uh, Friday, I did not say that listeners. F- sure, he didn't. <laughs> Friday can suck a dick. It's uh, Limp Biscuit. Well, tell us how you really feel, yeah, Ben. I, okay, <laughs> it can suck a dick, but except for one. Okay, it's uh, Limp Biscuit headlining. <laughs> uh, Snoop Dogg. I've seen Snoop Dogg before. I'm not driving to Wisconsin to see him. Uh, Anthrax. Now, that's a band that I have never seen that I would very much like to see. So I'd, I'd go to that show. Bad Flower of Mice and Men, Bad Wolves. I don't know any of these other. All That Remains, I've heard of them. Uh, then on Saturday is The Money Shot. That is Corn. The Money Shot. Yeah. Corn, <laughs> Danzig, Chevelle. Motionless and White, Avatar, We Came as Romans, Gemini Syndrome. We Came as Romans. What the fuck kind of band names are these? Greatest band. Cage the Elephant. Yes. (laughs) Nuisance, Gypsy Road, Cowboys from Hell. I better know what that is. They better be a Pantera cover band. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, all right. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Well, you know, hey. Yeah, so... uh, Bottom line is, it's. I would definitely like to go to a music festival and see uh, any number of those bands, and it would be fun. And it's only two hours, and all we ask is just just a minimum of ten G's, and <laughs> we will do a podcast. I'm kidding, everybody. It's we'll we'll just go and do it just, just because we want to have a good time and. No, for real though, I'm really uh, craving seeing some live music because it's been a big part of my life for a long time, and uh, it's just something that would make you, you know, feel feel good, feel a little more back to normal, like things are coming back together. Um, if you're a music lover, like I am, like we are, I mean, that's that's something you you just feel, you mm. feel it, you know. It's it's something that you can. Uh, you know, in this case, it's it's heavier, aggressive music, and it's like a lot of that tension that's been building up over the last, oh, I don't know, two years or our whole lives yeah. in some people's cases. Mm-hmm. You can temporarily, at least, momentarily, you know, just go to the mosh pit, and it's like seven years of psychotherapy in one show. <laughs> one show. And just, I mean, unfortunately, some people have to bleed and suffer for your oh, that's anger. Why, that's why the, hey, the they, mosh picks you up so you don't get swallowed That's up. true. There is an ethics to the mosh pit, and uh, and, and there should be. And no, you, no one and you seriously know this too, to. And you know this, too. Like, if you do see a real mosh pit and you see a fucking dick that, that wants to be an asshole, he, yeah. he gets ostracized really right, quick by the fucking... He's all, like, methed out of his mind, yeah. and he just wants to, like, slay people, yeah. and, you and yeah. yeah, he needs he, to be he dealt He gets with. ostracized really quick, yeah. the fucking... Yeah. The the, pleb, the plebs don't deal with that. You're shit. not seriously trying to hurt people. You're yeah. just like it's part of the dance. It's part of if you choose too. Yeah. No one's forcing anyone yeah. to be in it, and you you definitely shouldn't be in it if you're you yeah. know. You usually don't see a lot of females in those, no. and no but if you do see a female in it, that's one. Yeah. that's one bad bitch. That's one that, bad bitch because she's she's bitch. rolling and she wants to be. And she's she wants rolling, to be. Yeah, she's rolling with the boys, 
And if you see her go down, you yeah. pick her ass you right pick back her ass up because she's back into she's the got ring. bigger balls than mm-hmm. most of the guys in there. Yeah, well, you know but. the biggest the biggest mosh pit I ever seen was I was at I, I was in the Eagles ball no not Eagles ballroom I was in the rave in in uh, Milwaukee Milwaukee and I was at the balcony and I saw I saw Puya Sepatera and. Um, Fucking, uh, I can't remember the other band right now, but I know Puya and Sepultura were there. Jesus, uh, uh, Seven Dust was the other band, okay. And when Puya and Supertura, or whatever how you enunciate Sepultura, the name, the, that band name, which I believe it means death, grave, or grave in Portuguese. Anyways, um, that I've dude the whole fucking dance, the whole floor was a mosh pit. Like you, you know, it's like a rectangle, Just right? Insane. You, you know, the rectangle, right? And you see like the, you know, the crisp edges of the rectangle, sure. right? Yeah. Even that, there was nobody like standing like this against the wall watching it going. They, they were involved with it too. It, it was, was just like a giant. It was a huge, continuous giant. organism. Yeah. It, if you ever see those um, fucking ants that go and do the death spiral, they just sure. Yeah. They just walk in a circle, circle because they, they they lost the pheromone or whatever. Right. That's what it looked. And like. they're on hive mind. Yeah. And they're, that's what it looked like. Yeah. Well, mosh metal shows are similar to hive mind. <laughs> yeah it, yeah it's a hive of bees and yeah. they're all it, the mother bee is the the band and yeah the, the songs yeah I, yeah, yeah man i could yeah i could see the and energy. everyone's just on a very My instinctual God. dna level is is grooving and grooving to it in the way that just comes naturally uh the, the hardest one i was ever at was uh pantera at Ozfest '96, which was moved from Somerset to the Metrodome because the good, clean-cut, puritanical people of uh, Somerset, Wisconsin, did not want Marilyn Manson playing there, the Antichrist superstar. <laughs> and uh, I'm not taking a shot oh, at so everyone. F- so long ago. Yes, cor- <laughs> correct. Yeah, brings back the memories. But yeah, that was. Uh, it was uh, original Black Sabbath, Manson, Ozzy, Pantera, um, Cole Chamber type. Cole Chamber, I've yeah. heard that name in forever. Typo Negative. That's another name. Fear Factory. Heard. It was a good lineup. But anyway, uh, when Pantera took stage, that I would say that was the the band that, besides Black Sabbath, for sure, that was the band that people were most excited to see. That was definitely the band that I was the most excited to see, and I'd never seen them. And they opened with Cowboys from Hell. Oh, wow. What an and, interesting way to open up. Yeah. And the set. first note of the song, my buddy Nate and I were locked arms in the middle of this madness, and it's it's like the ocean. <laughs> when you're in the ocean, you have no control yep. over the ocean. You just have control over yourself. And and that and even then you sometimes don't have full control. <laughs> this was similar to that. And I'm I'm with this guy who's a three hundred and thirty pound offensive lineman Puerto Rican dude. This is big, strong dude. Oh, you're talking and about you're talking about yeah, you know who Nate, you're talking about. Yeah, Nate. and yeah. and I was 
and still I'm not but he's German, a, a small guy he's either. He's Puerto Rican German. He's Puerto Rican German. <laughs> so, you know, he's he's out there like, Ay, Dios mío, and speak Spanish at yes. the same time. Yes. <laughs> that was what I was I was going for. It's like, I want to watch Rammstein, and I want to watch uh, Celia Gomez. And some, a bowl of menudo. Yes. <laughs> Celia Cruz. Sorry. Uh, anyway, so uh, he he said absolutely none of those things. <laughs> no. We're just we're, we're just talking shit. We're just being. Uh, so we're in the middle of Pantera at the first song, "Cowboys from Hell." We're locked arms. The first note of "Cowboys from Hell's plays, and within twenty seconds, we're thirty yards apart. Yeah. I can still see his. His bushy hair, yeah, silhouette, six foot seven. <laughs> well, he's just—he's always standing above yeah. people, and that's the only way I could see him. Is just yeah. he was towering above yeah. everybody, but he was like a mile away from me yeah. within ten seconds, totally. And I'm just like, ah, <laughs> I got sucked and in the undertow. Like, I, you couldn't even <laughs> listen to the music because it was just like you, you weren't even listening to it. No. It was just you were being trampled and no, thrown. You, you and, had to be part of the yeah. part of the mosh. And I—I I, I felt, I mean, I was able. to You do not want to get uh, flattened on the floor and then have about 20 bodies pile on top of you. That's how you get crushed to death. Totally. So, but anyway, uh, we I didn't last too long in it because I actually wanted to watch the show, and, and I'm a pansy, both. Um, but You heard it here, folks. Well, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> it's all relative. I mean, maybe some people, they were all fucked out of their mind, wanted to stay in there for the whole show. Yeah, abuse me, man. And that's fine. I'm, I'm not judging, but I'm just saying I I wanted to watch the show, so I I kind of backed off. And Nate and I regrouped, caught our breath, had a beer, and uh, continued to watch Pantera fuck it up. Hey, you know Pantera, they're a good band, man. And that I, was I got to see them three times. Yeah, fortunately in my life. That's um, fortunate. Uh, and that and, was Pantera, and, like yeah. with. Dimebag da- and, with having and, Dimebag yeah, play guitar was the just, Pantera. Watching him g- play guitar was like watching like oh, uh, Michael Jordan play basketball. Yes. You know, he was, was hands like, down one of the best metal uh, leads of all well, time. Well, rhythm and lead man, because he played rhythm Both. guitar and lead, right? And, and how he did what he did with this is my opinion. Uh, what he did with drop D tuning, nobody really was doing that, right? You right. Know, like, he made drop D tuning cool he made that a thing he made it a yeah. thing that people wanted to do that and groove metal that way to, and make music that yeah way. and groove and, and that, it was groove fucking yeah. metal dude i mean it dude it's it was stoner it's stoner rock i will consider fucking pantera stoner fucking metal or stoner rock dude yeah it was. Uh, i mean because i'm not just because phil and sama was in a stoner rock band called super joint ritual and all that other shit and down and down but that's what they did. They fucking smoked weed and drank beer. <laughs> I think they and did a little Texas. more than that. Well, of course. I mean, <laughs> but you know that they were totally cool with the green. You know, the, yes, they, mean, were they were definitely pro. Weed. They were very pro fucking yes. weed before. Dimebag Daryl. But before, oh well, yeah, yeah, 
I mean, it's in his fucking name, right? I mean, but they were cool. Bef- they were cool with it before. It was like they were really cool mainstream. with the green, and they were cool with the H. Yeah, but but I'm talking about the main, <laughs> it, mainstream know, way. In the mainstream, I mean, we yes. wasn't that fucking culturally hip yet, dude. It's right now. I, re- I mean, you fucking give your dog CBD and yeah. Shit I mean, especially in the hard metal scene before that, it wasn't like it, it, people were doing it, but I mean, it was. You know, metal scene has always been about, you know, whiskey and speed. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of my metalhead friends, I mean, it's for, of course, like the metal bands that I was in, especially in like Madison, Wisconsin, it was it was really methy. The scene was oh, super yeah. methy and super, yeah. you know, speedy. Just um, that that heavy fucking reptilian part of your brain well <laughs> dude it's 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 very tribal think about yeah. it think about it in, it is and in, 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 in a metal and like the rhythmic patterns of it it's super for sure primitive it's super tribal and you're getting it's fucking yeah it's very simple you're doing cocaine and fucking meth- methamphetamine yeah. and you're fucking moshing and you're trying to get out all this fucking angst right because really that's what it is i mean rock and roll to me is this angst it's angst coming out. Yeah, and and it, metal going all the way back to takes it to the uber fucking level. Yeah, I mean going all the way back to Black Sabbath. It's they were bringing to rock music a very very dark doom, occ- occult doom. Yeah, uh, like sound, sound and yeah. lyrics and and lifestyle and yeah, talk about cocaine that band uh, <laughs> might have done a little, a little bit, bit of that too much. yeah a little bit too and much, think? but i mean you can't fuck with perfection on the well, on the first on every one of their albums with ozzy and uh it's you know ozzy just worked really well with fucking tony iami's sure fucking, uh, songwriting sure because really it's black sabbath fucking ozzy didn't write any of those songs it was fucking, no it, it was geezer and fucking Tony yeah Miami. the riffs i yeah. mean that's that's all sabbath is very and i don't mean this as a knock but it's very simple rock music no, but it was it's fucking, it was radical at the time yeah it wasn't that fucking hard, wasn't that like hippie shit, hippie shit. no yeah. it was the opposite of that yeah. they weren't talking about peace and love they were talking about war pigs they were talking about armageddon and they were talking about you know the end of the world, and they they were bringing a very dark element, which was a balance. You know, every life is a balance. It's the good and the bad. It's the the light and the dark, the yin and the yang. And up to that point, on in a very uh, in a very uh, mainstream level, you know, it was very uh, baby, I love you type of stuff. And that's just not what Sabbath was no. talking about. You know, no. it was, they, they weren't being, they weren't candy ass. No. Um, not that it's candy ass to write a love no. song. It's, it's cool. If you write a love song, it's they were just definitely smoking weed. I mean, they, even, <laughs> they wrote a fucking Sweet song Leaf. called Sweet Leaf yeah. about fucking. Weed. Oh yeah. And again, you want to go back to like origins of fucking stoner metal. That was it. There you fucking go again. Yeah. You yeah. know, and uh, even yeah. like in the old, it, it it was more similar to like older blues shit than like the hippie bands of the Bay Area than like you know the Jefferson Airplane and the Dead and mm-hmm. and you know it was it was way more because uh, if you look listen to a lot of the older blues music it is you know they're talking about dark 
subject matter and pain and and loss and and the downside of life the blues <laughs> right well they actually back then they fucking wrote songs and told stories right they don't fucking tell stories right. anymore right yeah i mean they, that they was, really don't no i mean that's music that's just the real deal that's that's the the real shit it's it's not it's not intended to make money. It's not intended to sell. It does make money and it does sell. And that, but that's just kind of a that that's not the goal of it. The goal of it is to make a song that conveys an emotion, that conveys a message, that conveys part of your soul, that conveys whatever you're trying to convey. But you're the point is you're not you're not doing it. You're not making the art to make money off of it the money just comes if enough people appreciate it yeah. and and take it in um but the point of it is not you know it's not fucking justin yeah. bieber yeah. it's not just this mass manufactured poppy horseshit that you know songs that are written when you're having fun are the best songs right because you're you're not ha you don't have an ulterior motive with it you know what I mean? Like it, it, it comes out, and usually, the best songs do come out in like thirty fucking seconds. Okay, we'll do this. Oh yeah, I like that. Well then, if we do that, let's do let's do the chorus like this. Oh yeah, that's sweet. Let's do that, and this hits. That's when all your fucking bandmates are all on a synergy level. It's almost it like it happens by accident. Boom! Like right? yeah, happens by accident, but really fate and fucking muse intervened. Hey kids, this is what you mean. Let's gel it up and hit it out. That's what I like, and that's one of the best things about being as a musician myself is being having that is just fucking when you jam and you're not, there is no mu sheet music, there's no fucking repetitive different rhythm that you got to play A, B, C, right? It just comes out and you're jamming. When you feel that synergy and you know when you go drop into a change that you don't know what everybody else is going to do, but everybody else drops in that same change with you. Is the most fucking awesome fucking feeling, dude. The synchronicity. Yeah, there is no drug yeah. that gives you that. It's like sex, but in a different because fucking way. Because you're, you're four or five people playing as one. Yeah, yeah. dude. And like you actually, your brains meld yeah. and you feel the fucking male. You're, meld, you're, you're four or you five know. people playing as one, and it's like the song is almost playing you. You, yes. Yeah. Like, like yeah. yes. It's almost, yes. It's got a hold of each Very one of you. Very good words, Ben. Yeah, yeah, it's got a hold of each <clears throat> one of you, and you're all tapped into it, and you're. Such a great feeling. You're playing as one. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. such a great feeling. It's a good feeling. And, and a lot of bands that, that, figure out how to do that and and play like that it's it's good to see them rewarded for that you know when other bands make you know a quadrillion dollars off of a piece of shit you mm. know what i mean um and that's just my you know if i call it a piece of shit that doesn't mean anything because yeah, it, in yeah, other in another thing. person's eyes they might really like it and that's yeah. fine I'm not here to dictate what other people should listen to. Well, I'm, we're I'm here to here, folks. We don't give a fuck. Yeah, I'm people. here to dictate what I listen to, <laughs> and I don't give a fuck what other people listen to. But my point is that uh, when bands find that place, that really special place that Clint was talking about, um, that's when you know that you know. Okay, well, you've got something special here, and you can build on it. You know, you can build on that, and and a lot of not well actually not a lot of bands but you know enough bands over the years have figured that out and have been able to ride that horse for whatever it's worth but uh 
you know it's it's just about you know and, and a lot of times when when a band's playing live and Clint knows about this more than I do I just know about it more from the audience perspective but when uh <clears throat> when a band's playing live and they feel and they see the audience <laughs> reacting to the songs and they they see that it's really resonating whether it's just invoking an, an emotion yeah yeah whether it's audible you know the, the fans going crazy audibly or visually or body language or just the energy just the vibe you know of everyone raising their hands you know i know this one boom boom you know mm-hmm. that that really is like fuel to a band yeah that, but it's like a different type of, like you're in English, writing it down on words, you were you're describing it right, but like the feeling is this. It's like love. Yeah, it's it's love, but on a, in a different like fucking complex it's fucking appreciation feeling. of your art. Yeah, and you're giving and receiving it. Yeah. You're you're actually performing it in front of them, yeah. and they're taking it in, and th- because they're taking it in, they're giving it back the ba- to you. And the, ba- yeah, and the band is also taking it in collectively because we're right. all playing like together. Right. Right. And then that's when you have that that popcorn popping genius, yeah. right? That pops in. That then we start going into a jam. Well, you're bringing back the popcorn song again. From <laughs> no, we're not doing. Well, that. I mean, talk about <laughs> a genius work of art. If there's ever been one, uh, I'm yeah, kidding. It, it beats debuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it beats Chikovsky. Some people, some people might say "Stairway to Heaven" is the apex of artistic. Ben it, thinks it's the popcorn. I would say song. it's the popcorn song that I uh, played last week. But I, you guys I can listen to the uh, last yeah. week's episode and if you don't. Immediately think that the popcorn song is one of the greatest things you've ever heard. You can fuck off. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding, but uh, <laughs> you can just yeah, fuck you off. can just fuck right off. But uh, no, okay, so going back to what we were talking about. So uh, in that moment when a band uh, gets to that place, it's you know it brings out so many emotions because as the audience, you know, if it's a classic song you as a person might be thinking back to a memory, a person, oh, a lover of your, your parent, you know, some that's why connection. So that's why music's so special because you're, you're equating it. You're relating it to, uh, you know, emotional memories that you have and that you've shared. Well, it takes with you back in other time. Person. It's it literally, takes, it literally is a time. It's machine a time capsule. Is. Yeah. Yeah, and then the band who's playing it, who wrote it, it's their song that yeah. they created and released for you to, to the have, world, to the world for yeah. you to have that experience. Yeah. You're seeing it from the cats that wrote it, yeah. and what better way to see a song than organically see it, in front to of you, see it performed by the cats that, that wrote yeah, it, by the composer themselves, by the composer yeah. themselves, and yeah. then the composer will harken back to whatever special uh relation they have to that song mm-hmm. what what it was about what who was it was about to, to yeah. write it, you know, they might and, be thinking about yeah. uh their their wife or their whoever they wrote it about or whatever situation it, they it could, wrote it about it could be what, something in his in his or hers life that like that happens that gets them into a mood to be like okay i want to make this movement sound like this now like right. listen to this because right. this is how i feel the thing about music like i said this before like lyrics that you hear are, to me are like spells. You know, I'm going to go very nerdy D- Dungeons and Dragons with this, but like 
music. Oh, they're itso- like magic spells <laughs> cast. <laughs> well, music itself is like that magic. It's like how that bard would like lull somebody, somebody or an assailant to sleep, you know, or like give someone courage to, you know, do whatever they need to do. Like for instance, when I played football in high school, I would listen to undecipherable heavy metal music before I would go and play and it would amp me up to go and do what I fucking did, what I needed to do on the gridiron. When I would wrestle, I would do the same thing, right? Because it gets you amped. Now, if I want to go on a date, I'm loosened to fucking something that's going to make me like, oh, I like that lyric. I'm going to try that fucking, I want to hit on her tonight. You know, (laughs) it's this Little you're, things you're like that music some, uh, does for you. You're, you're in, in that case. You see, get what some, I'm saying, right? Some music is uh, real above the neck mustard shit. You know, where you're, you're just, and I'm not saying that as a bad thing, but it's like it's getting you fucking amped. It's getting yeah. you wired. Some music reverberates with your heart, like your heart chakra, or whatever. Yeah. If you want to want to go down the chakra route. You know, for me, that's that's like reggae music, like reggae music, really good reggae music. Really, I feel that in my heart and my soul. The third kind of music that I'm speaking about right now is the below the belt type of music. And that's, you know, the funky Al Green, Marvin Gaye, let's let's get it on uh, sexual healing. That's the kind of music that makes you. (laughs) want to bump bellies with somebody and uh some bon jovi yeah i'd I'd cut it off there (laughs) i'm i'm not trying to listen to some bon jovi but if you if that's what gets your uh, peter frampton (laughs) yeah i I can hear that over bon jovi some crosby bon jovi might want to make me neuter myself so that's kind of the opposite of slippery when wet baby (laughs) yeah Bad medicine is what it is. It's that's hey, the, the I'm living on a prayer, bro. B- bad medicine. <laughs> Shot down in a blaze of glory. Uh, yeah. No thanks. I'll take the dead or alive, brother. Yeah, dead or alive. <laughs> I get it. I get it. You love Bon Jovi. You. I. I, I think it's a. It's a competition right now for you between Bon Jovi and Steel Panther. <laughs> and I'd rather take Tesla or, or Def Leppard. I will tell everyone I love Def Leppard. Yeah. I think Def Leppard uh, is an awesome guy. I'm sure that that is a true statement. I believe it and, is. I mean, and, hey, uh, that's they have hundreds of millions of copies sold, so I'm not the, uh, not the only one. So does Bieber. <laughs> I know, and they it's, vote. It's, it's, <laughs> Just <laughs> now, yeah. now you done got uh, blasphemous on me. <laughs> just, first is Bon Jovi. See, I'm talking about Al Green and and Marvin Gaye. How did you go from that to Bon Jovi it's and Def Leppard? I mean, my God, Wilhelm, my goodness. Hey, but but below the belt though, stuff like Aretha Franklin. Oh, I go for Aretha Franklin for sure. Yeah, I mean any Ella Fitzgerald. Yes, yes. Any. Uh, kind of R&B, groove, funky, uh, 
you know, rootsy uh, temptations. Okay. Would you consider that rootsy, like roots of like Louis Armstrong and Ellis? Absolutely. Is that's that's root Abs- rock, or is that root rock, or is that's like- just roots? Period. I mean, that's that's really really old uh, kind of uh, blues jazz. I mean, Louis Armstrong obviously is New Orleans jazz. I mean, that's about as old school as you get. Yeah. That's going back to like the 1930s when it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's the New Orleans. That was kind of the birth of the New Orleans jazz sound. Ella Fitzgerald was a little bit after that. And she was she was like a blues ballad gal. I mean, I, that's just like when I say roots, it, it doesn't even necessarily mean because it can be like roots jazz, roots rock, roots reggae, roots blues. It can be any different genre. It's just to me, it's just like what what how you feel, okay. how it makes you feel. You know what I mean? Okay. So like I would probably not have Def Leppard included <laughs> in Roots music, uh, obviously. But, th- but that's just me, you know. Obviously. Black Sabbath was Roots music because it, it's just it's gritty. It's it's grimy. I mean, it, it, it's in a very different way than those other bands. But uh, you know, Rolling Stones, uh, you know, they're they're gritty I don't know shit. About roots rock, but they're well. It, <laughs> those it, are a bunch of British guys that stole fucking American. Yeah, Brit- well, of course. I'm not music. saying I'm not saying that they. Well, yeah, everything was stolen from from black music from the Mississippi Delta. Yeah, totally. I mean, Elvis, the Beatles, the Stones. Uh, you know, everyone with the, the exception who? maybe of uh, yeah, any Eric British, Clapton. yes, any <laughs> British Zeppelin. rock band, oh, for sure. That doesn't mean that's still not great music. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm it not just, taking away from no, it, but, but it, like, it was all definitely. stolen from that. So when I say roots, I just mean like the way it sounds to me for you know okay. whatever that's worth. Right. Um, it, so uh, when I think roots, I think of like folk. Like yeah. Appalachian folk or bluegrass. Yeah, absolutely. You know. The Old Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack. Yeah, kind of shit. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and that was basically like white version of the Mississippi With Delta. White black gospel music. Yeah, is. yeah. But like, but you know, you're absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely right in what you're saying. And that what I'm saying is like bluegrass and folk music from Appalachia is basically the white version of mississippi delta blues and back in those days they that was before the shit was even being played on radio before the greed the the greed the greed mongers with money could take it and make a profit off it they were just making that shit to pass the day you know in 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 appalachia they would they would get these were poor coal miners they would they would gather and have a hootenanny at at somebody's uh, backyard backyard where like, it was just like an extended family and yeah. they were just playing banjos yeah. and playing the music for and drinking shine yeah. for the fun of it but everybody did though everyone yeah. every one of those because you were in a family that didn't have you know didn't have really electricity or a radio exactly so, like you they, you made they, your own music you made your own music yeah like mom and daddy either made you play the fiddle or the, the carter family the guitar, the fiddle, or the fucking bass, or absolutely fucking, okay. If you washboard, play, you play the washboard. <laughs> you know, like seriously. Um, yeah, and they all this thing, all gospel tunes. Yeah, and, and they were all church going folks, yeah. and, and the black folks were too. And they, and then a lot of that traditional roots music comes from from gospel. 
Um, so when I was saying some of those bands, let me let me just clarify. I wasn't saying that like the Stones. I, okay, so that's not like that type of root music, but that's a direct descendant from that root oh, music. Yeah, it I was would, made in yeah. a much more of a commercial way. Yes. Um, but I would say that type of music is more rootsy. Like when you listen to some of the Rolling Stones like '60s songs, I mean they're directly ripping off you know, Southern black blues musics, but in in a in a larger sense that might have been good because it raised more because they had such a raised more uh, yeah where the, where the, the origins where came it from. came from yeah. and and then white people that had more money to spend would go and seek out muddy waters yep. and seek out howlin wolf and and a lot of those older musicians that might not have gotten as much attention if it wasn't for bands like the stones yeah. so you got to give them props right even elvis the same oh, yeah. thing like a lot of well, M&M, elvis fans shit. Fucking Eminem, dude. Yeah, he was kind of the uh, in a different way. That's why way, they called uh, his ass Elvis. I the, mean, the the rap Elvis. Yeah, I mean he he definitely <laughs> in the early two thousands there was a lot of people who were, they knew about rap, but they weren't. But I bet all of them that will into say it. That, all of them will say that Eminem is the most coldest fucking MC on the fucking. He's planet. one of them. He's up all there. All of them will say that. Yeah, dude, I mean, you you can put his he's lyricism. He's the only white dude that has won like seven fucking source awards in like one night and some shit. Yeah, like he's that. very much respected by the hip hop community and well, the black community in itself. Yeah, in general. Too. Well, he's he's from Detroit and yeah. he grew up on the streets. He yeah. grew up very poor and he grew up around mostly black people black in kids, Detroit. Yeah. So I mean. He's definitely got street cred. Yeah. Um, and that's, but it, I mean, the, the bottom line is he's just very talented. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what color his skin is. It's, no, he's no. a sick, sick well, MC. That goes the thing about with like fucking Elvis. I mean, you could say whatever you want to say, but he, he was fucking, talented. He could fucking sing. He had a great voice. Very well, dude. Yeah. He had a great voice. And, and dude, I would, I'm a singer and I would kill to have fucking Elvis's voice. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, come on. Was man yeah, but like this, if when you hear him do his shit, like, yeah, it's I could see why women found it. Yeah, he's got a over soulful him, fucking voice. You know voice. what I mean? Because as a heterosexual male, I'm even hearing it, hearing it like, oh, yeah, man, you're giving me an emotional reaction. Yeah. Hear, hearing your voice. I'm getting a Sa- same thing with same thing with fucking Chris Cornell. Like, like yeah. I'm am, I'm feeling what you are fucking yeah. singing, dude. And I guess I can yeah. feel it. I can feel your emotion. He had a soulful voice. Yeah. And fucking Maynard James Keenan is another motherfucker, mm-hmm. too, about how he can inflect emotion and how he can react. Would to you emotion. say it's emotive? Ha <laughs> ha. Nice. Pun. Isn't, that, isn't that the word? Dun, dun, uh, that well, that was a perfect circle, but I get what you're going. Well, it's about. Maynard. Yeah, it is Maynard. Yeah, yeah definitely. But uh, I wonder if he'll ever go solo on himself. Pussifer's kind of a Maynard solo. It's they're technically a band, but I'd say that's the closest thing you'll ever get to like a, a solo, solo project. It's pretty much him. Yeah. Um, one thing about uh, emotion, like, and as a songwriter, you know more about this than me, but it's it's really fascinating to me how certain chords and notes in, in in the you know certain songs that are in the key of fill in the blank yeah. how th- how those particular frequencies relate emotion so like when you're when you're putting lyrics down to something to a song they they work kind of hand in hand where you have you know 
you're coming from a certain emotional place in the song you're writing and the lyrics that you're putting down and what you're trying to convey lyrically. And you're connecting that with certain notes, keys, chords, whatever. And I mean, can you speak on that a little bit and what, what you think about that, how certain songs can uh, relate emotion? Hmm. Do you, do you agree with that? First yes, of all? I agree with that. Okay. Yeah, of course. Um, I kind of feel like you're asking me how how I go about emotionally how I write how I write music. Well, not just you specifically, per, per, but just generally. I mean, you hear it all the time in music. How yeah. um, if they're writing a very sad song, that's oh, yeah. that's that's well, definitely you, sometimes. Meant, you, that's the thing. Sometimes it's kind of a um, it's kind of a mind fuck because like if you hear like. Mike Macy's Playground, Sex and Candy. Sex yeah. and Candy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That sounds like a very fucking happy tune. Yeah, yeah. But it's fucking dark. <laughs> it's what the dark fuck song, what yeah. he's talking about, yeah, dog. Yeah. Well, that's a good a good uh, uh, explanation of a song that is the opposite yeah. of... It's yeah. ironic that it it's, is... It's an ironic song. But the yeah. song we open with. The song we open with. Uh, yeah. Change in the House of Flies. That's a very down bluesy it's not bluesy like blues music but it's a very down lower frequency song in a very brilliant way but the the chords and the notes that they're using on that song are meant to convey a certain emotion right? yeah but i think they're really good at at dynamics yeah because when you hear that song dynamically it, it, emo- it gives you an emotion yeah like when he's doing the verses i want to change yeah it's yeah. very eerie and ominous, right? Eerie is a good uh, word. Eerie and ominous. Yeah. And yes, then, yes. I watched the chat. And then it gets yeah, the yeah. hard part. Yeah. That's dynamically. It gets, whoa. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, totally. Being the person as a music file and a music snob, when you fucking hear that change going, you always yeah. go, fuck. You, something of your body does something because it yeah. makes that fucking reaction to do it. Yeah. Right? Because it just it, drops on a it, dime. Drop so fucking good and seeing him play that live it, it was cool to see his body language during that song he i mean he started out very crouched down like this mm, like very chino very chino <laughs> and then when it got to the change the part yeah. that you just said he got up, got and up just and yeah, yeah. Well, wrap the microphone cord around and, his and neck he fucking and, snaps he's like watch me fucking rip yeah. this fucking chorus yeah. out now yeah. I, you know what about Chino? I like his fucking clothing style. I like the like the California wind, skater, the, 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 like the the windbreaker fucking coat, kind of like and like Dickies. They're a very <laughs> like they're I, like, a, I like your shit, dude. I like your style. Like they're your a home. very very Cali band to the bone, and I don't I mean, like your swag, homeboy. I don't mean L.A. Hollywood. I don't mean L.A. Hollywood, no, Cali. I they, mean no, Cali, Cali, they're, West Coast. What, they're definitely West Coast. Fucking. The Dickies, the 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 shirts that they wear, the yeah, just their style. Like they're you not, said, they're not homie style, but it's definitely. Uh, but they they they're not homie style, but they're like they're down with a lot of homies, homies from Sacramento. For real, they are. Yeah, like they're know. they like they list one of their biggest influences is Too Short. Yeah. I mean what. What metal band would say too short as a band? Only thing I would think of the, think of it would be like Ice T, but Ice T yeah. would bring out shit. Well, my, yeah. my 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 icons were fucking African Bombada, right? Like, yeah. And fucking 
I love the bands Grand that Master Flash and the Furious Five. I love the bands that just don't give a shit about what mm-hmm. they're supposed to say. Like yeah. they're you know there's all these I'm sure there's all these you know Deftone bro fans. I'm not saying all Deftone fans are bros, but they think that they know like what Chino's gonna say for yeah. his influencers or what he should say because that's the shit that I listen to. And I and then he'll just. Pull wow, out it some sounds like le- a Dave Matthews bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> they'll, they'll just, they'll, 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 it's you know, I I know Deftones, I know what they're all about, I know what their influences are. Chino's gonna say exactly, and then he'll say you know, too short or you know, some random like uh, you know, The Cure, some random eighties goth emo band that that the bros probably don't even know exists. And and they're just like what 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 he's not supposed to say that that's not what I thought I mean, one of his he would biggest, say big influences like Mike Patton I think too like, he, they're a huge Faith No More fan yeah. that's funny that you mentioned that I saw this interview with Chino and they were um they were talking about about influences and and he said Faith No More and any really anything Patton related but especially Faith No More was a huge influence on him and then the interviewer kept trying to bring it back to corn and like kind of pigeon the whole them into corn and new metal and new metal and and chino's like right but what but what i keep trying to tell you is faith no more was the band that we were influenced by and listening to and not any of these new metal new metal bands you're saying um we actually probably influenced them more likely uh, than anything yeah, else. Yeah, they they didn't influence us. We we were influenced by Faith No More, and like she 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 obviously didn't know much at all about Couldn't Faith No More. It. So Her like, well, right, because right there. <laughs> she had she had this preconception. That's what I'm saying. Preconceived she, she, conception. She had this preconceived notion of what Deftones were supposed to be influenced like, yeah. by, and then you're talking to the man himself, and he's telling you, "No, you're wrong," and you you know you just can't accept that. So it's just I don't know. I think it's funny, and it, it, it's, that was just one example. There's so many other examples of artists who are just you know their taste in music is just you know so broad and so off the charts that whatever little uh, pigeonhole, whatever you know the interviewer thinks they're supposed to be pigeonholed into. Because that's their limit of, you know, what music is. Um, they think that that's, you know, that's what that's what they're supposed to listen to. That's what they're supposed to be influenced by. And then these bands, these artists, you know, pull out, you know, all these different influences from left field that, you know, they, they might say like Michael Jackson or they mm-hmm. might say like James Brown or or, you know, go way back and be like, oh, you know, Jerry Lee Lewis, whatever. I mean, whatever the case it's 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 always you you see the look on these these smart ass slick MTV interviewers face who are like I didn't expect you to say that I was like yeah well you don't know shit well, you know <laughs> like, that's why you're not in a successful band that's and, why uh, you are a fucking reporter yeah, and I and I yeah. do what I do and yeah <laughs> it's really hard to be a reporter for MTV um, I'm sure it's, yeah. That's just the you most know, stressful job in the world. Coming up with like that though too is like I feel like um a lot of how going back to the full circle of music, and that's how how, how great music is, we can go on tangents on music alone. Um but influences are 
are the things of why we keep on going back to like Black Sabbath or like in Beatles or um, you know, Louis Armstrong and um, Ella Fitzgerald because I mean everybody has who's been in the business has has known those folks and like copied from the best because that's that's a formula that can't be beat. Theft is the greatest form, form of, flattery. of flattery. Picasso, Pablo himself. Yeah, and what is theft too? Like everyone, everyone that's ever made anything is influenced by something that previously well, came. Man. Like if you're in, if you're an artist and you draw the sky, you know everyone sees the sky. Does that mean you're unoriginal if you draw the sky? Yeah, true that. I mean, there's only like seven notes, right? Or eight notes, right? What what is it? Seven or eight? Doesn't. It's all just one continuous song playing from the dawn of man. When seven they notes. It's just seven notes. You can only play so many patterns from off of those seven notes. And, and that's just so notes, many. not even getting into rhythm. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, you can, it's going to repeat itself in some way or shape or form. Over and over, over and, and over, over again. Over. In different styles, so, in different ways, yeah. with different swings. This is why you cannot put a fucking copyright on a chord progression. Right. No, you can't. So everyone's saying that Tom Petty should have sued the Red Hot Chili Peppers for Danny California. Fuck off. Because you can't patent a chord progression. You know what would have been cool, though? They're both great songs. It would have been great, pretty cool. Hey, listeners, fucking do this. If you're a fucking music engineer, put fucking a Tom, mix a Tom Petty or engineer a Tom Petty tune and a fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers tune together. Mash it. Do a fucking mashup. I want to hear it. I want to see it. Of uh, Last Dance with Mary Jane and Dally- Danny California? Fuck yeah. Do it. I'm on it. Do it. Let's do it. I want to hear it. So, um, we're going to... What are you... Okay. You ready? Go ahead and play it, brother. All right. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back after this next segment break. We're going to outro this with a little bit of Red Hot Chili Pepper Soya. Stay tuned. Thanks for staying on and listening back on our second segment with On Tangents with Ben Tangard and Clint Wilhelmy. And we are now live, too, on Facebook. Hello, folks. I have a hankering right at this moment to watch Zombieland. With Woody Harrelson? Yeah. Because of the hat? No. (laughs) Well, that, too. (laughs) 
I'm proud to be an American and Farmers Insurance. Who did that song? I'm proud to be an American. Somebody that got paid way too much money. <laughs> that is the cheesiest cheese dick fucking American pride, American pride song I've ever heard in my life, and I hate it. Uh, but that aside, the reason I said that I want to see uh, Zombieland right now is because that is the song that... Uh, introduces us to that world in the movie oh. they play whom the bells from whom the bells toll in the movie when uh, they're kind of introducing the apocalypse and what a what a great apocalyptic song that is you well know? yeah i mean like but also you're the, the fucking dickhead in me or the guy that's drinking the haterade is like wow metallica really sold out i didn't know that they <laughs> did that they've sold out for quite a while <laughs> yeah, I, I think by the time zombie land came along it was they were pretty that much out point was already yeah, done and, passed. and yeah. as jason new said once said uh yeah we sold out we sell, sell out, out every, every stadium. single stadium and, and every show it, every it, seat they, yeah we sell out it's hard to argue with it you are not wrong, Walter. Right. You're not wrong, Walter. I think, you know, it speaks to a larger issue where, and and believe me, I I totally get it from both sides, where if a great band, you know, comes around and you see them and it's your band and your scene, you know, we, we get so attached to them that we we think we somehow own it. And we think oh, yeah. it's somehow ours to dictate what their future should be. And then they blow up and then their sound changes inevitably and their songs change and they become a million times more popular. And that pisses a lot of people off. And then you get the term sellout. Yeah. And to me, it's like, you know, first of all, no one has the right to tell that band what they can do with their career. Yeah. They can do whatever they want to. You can definitely be. You can definitely judge their art from that point on. Definitely be jealous of them too. That's a human emotion. Yeah, exactly. And that's more than anything. What it is is that you know it's it's a lot of jealousy that you know they're getting, they're living this lifestyle. You know, you watched them grow up and and come to the scene as a starving artist, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they're, you know, they got the mansion on the hill. And it's like, instead of being happy for them that they made it, financially made it, uh, you, you hate on them because they sold out. Well, you're just, and you're it's just like, mad that you didn't get a piece on it. Well, right. Yeah. And it's like, well, you probably would have done the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's, and, and there, you know, there are bands that are able to kind of balance that artistic integrity. But, you know, when you get all that money and all the, you know, the producers and all the record companies starts you know, eyeballing you as a commodity, that's going to change most people, yeah, you know, definitely. that just, it just is overnight. Dude. Yeah. And music and the music scene is, is definitely a lot different now in 2021 oh, yeah. than, than there's, it was when record companies yeah, there, were more there's involved. There's not, there's but, not a lot of A&R reps anymore. Right. You know, <laughs> right. Because you can literally bring your product well, right to well, the masses. They just, well, no, no, they just have sourcers that source through the fucking internet to go through all the bullshit to find the diamonds in the rough. Right. They, right. And know, sign them. And sign them. Like, yeah. they're, they're, you, a la your fucking 
startup fucking TikTok fucking star. Sure. A la your fucking influencer on YouTube. Influencers. You know, well, fucking A, dude. They're fucking invading on everything, dude. Seriously. They're like an it. invasive species. Uh, well, <laughs> well, I, I guess you can call the Paul brothers that way. Locusts. Uh, Lo- Lo- Logan and fucking and, and Luke or whatever his, Jake, Jake Paul. Man, they're influencers. They, they've got to prominence because of YouTube and being an influencer on YouTube. This dude ended up, I think he's probably going to get Floyd Mayweather to get out of fucking retirement and fight him. Like, actually box him. <laughs> and w- as we all know, if you write that... I actually that, think Mayweather will really fucking... Dude, he'll kill you. If dude. you write that check to Floyd, he's willing to show up. Well, dude, Floyd is going to he's gonna make money no matter what because of his fucking name and what he's done. He's in a the brand. Sport, in the sport of boxing. Hate him or love him, dude. Like he's never lost. He's never lost, and he was an undefeated fucking professional boxer, possibly the American boxer, possibly the greatest defensive boxer. Well, well, yeah, because that's what he did. Because he really didn't fucking punch you. No, because he he boxed you. Yeah, and and he had an almost impenetrable defense. The way he would angle his body and guard himself, it was almost. Almost impossible to get a good shot on him, and and then he was very effective, more great, more than very effective at at point scoring, and 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 then occasionally he was well because that's mostly all well, his wins were from yeah. fucking like uh, decisions. It wasn't right. really like knockouts per fucking like I, I think his knockout per- percentage compared to he like didn't his have record, a lot. it was yeah. it wasn't that big right you know like i remember watching he him knock people out yeah he he's, did he's, he's done that yeah I mean, i'm not saying that he's never he's a done great that. fighter he's a great fighter he's one of the well, top 10 of all time to but make him do what what he did to pacquiao which i never thought pacquiao would ever had done to him right that's that's the, that's right. something to say because pacquiao was a fucking great fucking boxer the thing that too. sucked about that was it was like eight years too late exactly you know, it should have been way earlier than it was because they were pacquiao especially yeah. was at the end yeah, of his of his reign he was really down going down yeah and i think end. floyd ducked him for a long oh, time because yeah, he, he knew because his daddy knew that his daddy <laughs> yeah. fucking knew because his daddy put fucking cans in front of him. i'm telling you this right yeah. now all fucking boxers even mma guys fucking fight cans to pad their fucking career you okay. kind of have to. You kind of have to. Yeah. You can't just go and fight every motherfucker no. that's strong. Hey, if you could do that, awesome. But I'm going to tell you what. Nobody's not like Brock Lesnar, where you can just go you right just into enter right, right in, and all the, of a sudden you're in the highlighting. UFC, you're highlighting, and you're like the fucking yeah. fifth contender in the world for the fucking right. title. But okay. he put in work before in well, other yeah, sports. Yeah, dude, he was the yeah. NCAA champion yeah. like four fucking times in a row, yeah. dude. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's not like he had zero background in any kind of, uh, you know, it's not like he was just a bodybuilder. No, he's like a, he up. was like a different hybrid form of fucking Dan Severn. Well, Dan Severn, former fucking UFC champion, Greco-Roman wrestler. He, uh, really, you have to be a good wrestler to be in MMA. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. Uh, well, jujitsu. Well, jujitsu is a fucking form of fucking wrestling. Yeah. Okay. So it, going going right down to the point blank matter but you do need to be really but do good wrestlers wrestling. do wrestlers advanced to jujitsu or do jujitsu fighters ra- advance to wrestling well, it, dep- it depends on what what fucking art you like the most right the thing about jujitsu it's like you should be comfortable on your back because you can do a lot of things on your back we're in wrestling you we're trained not to be on sure our back right because yeah. you don't want to get pinned right 
right? Yeah. Because that is a fucking thing in our sport. Do you think that jujitsu fighters, if they, if you had a great jujitsu fighter that tried to wrestle a great wrestler, how do you think that would go? I think the jujitsu fighter would win. In wrestling, I mean. In wrestling. in wrestling, if they if they have pins, wrestling doing, rules. Oh no, not jujitsu rules. The wrestler would win. The wrestler would win. He would have the he or she yeah. would have the advantage because right. they know how to pin. You know where a jujitsu fucking practitioner doesn't have a defense for pinning because we don't care right. if we're on our back because we can put you in a fucking neck choke or an arm bar from there. Or fucking yeah. Uh, spin around, maybe do a fucking kill hook. You know, on the back is like you should be very comfortable yeah, on your back, like Hoist Gracie too. was. You know, it was, uh, uh, but again, you saw Hoist Gracie and go against fucking uh, Dan Severin. Mm-hmm. You saw the two different fucking. I never saw that fight. Oh, dude, go see that fight. Okay, I'll have to look. Go it up. see that fight. Uh, Dan Severin lost, I believe. But you've seen the two, the two big, mighty contrasting styles. Uh, contrasting styles of wrestling go at it because right. judo is just sport form of fucking jujitsu. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, judo came into the world's live life in like the 1920s when uh, Japan got introduced into the Olympics. So when a country gets introduced into the Olympics, they have. Uh, Traditionally, they fucking give a sport to the Olympics so everybody yeah. can compete in. <clears throat> right. So judo became a point system jujitsu oh. where they put a pin, uh, uh, pins in it, right? You know, uh, like uh, just like in Western wrestling. Because I've heard that judo. So that's why a lot of Western wrestlers that would go into judo tournaments would fucking kick the shit out of a lot yeah. of the judo guys because they fucking know how to do that. Okay. Right. Because well, I and tell me if I'm wrong, but I've heard that judo <coughs> can translate very well into MMA. It can, dude, yeah. because it's a wrestling form. Now right. you put, hey man, if you're fucking a, a black belt in judo, all I really need to do now is teach you the form of fucking stand up and kickboxing fucking combat. Because if you already have the base of wrestling, mm-hmm. right, then all you really need then is like now stand up and fucking uh, blocks. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, stand up and kickboxing yeah. at that point. Because really, that those are the three main things what MMA is. Of course, you have the in between interchangeables in between, right? In, in the in the very very little limited uh, that could kick be anything bo- kickboxing, kickboxing and, and be- boxing training that I've done it, it just for fun completely amateurish the 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 part that I found the hard well the, the two parts that I found the hardest was number one was the conditioning oh yeah <laughs> you got to be in really good. You got to have really good endurance. It's a different conditioning and, than, than wrestling. Yeah, is. or anything almost. Yeah. It takes so much out of you, so much out of you. And then the number two was the timing and the blocks, yeah. like the, the the timing of the blocks. Yeah. Like I could not, for the life of me, because I was inexperienced and wasn't that good at it, could not get like I'd get I get I'd get tagged, yeah. and I didn't like getting tagged. Yeah. And then I'd get pissed. Oh yeah, and then. Nobody I, likes would, getting punched in the face. No, it's uncomfortable. no, even with headgear on. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. And it's, yeah, it throws you all off. Mm. And uh, I couldn't, for me, the hardest part was like the timing and the defense. So going yeah. back to what I'm saying is so it's like it's not only boxing and kickboxing. When I mean stand up, learn up your stand up game, that could be anything between like karate, taekwondo, mm-hmm. fucking kickboxing, sure. uh, yeah. muay thai, or fucking, because that's your stand up. 
right your, right your stand-up aikido shit. aikido boxing you know that kempo that could be your stand-up but if you have wrestling as your base you're going to be far ahead than most sure, fucking yeah, folks yeah. that go yeah. there but again now it's like mma is like it's not like your single form like i go to the you know downtown uh karate gym you know right. it, it, like you have to learn everything it's not just one discipline yeah you know, and the thing that's I why think it's that's why it's mixed martial martial arts. arts. And the thing is, I don't think uh, Hoist Gracie and Orion Gracie when they started the fucking UFC, they didn't want it to go the way how it's right. Going. Yeah, they wanted to have the the very two distinct think disciplines going against each yeah, other and see, and who, see who, was who was winning. Yeah. But now it's like it's such an amalgamation of yeah. all of those things because you need to incorporate For, all those yeah. things to be the best fighter. Yeah. And yeah, no, you're right. And then Dana White was kind of the one that that went away from that, or was he? Or? Well, no. Well, he took he saw he saw the fucking, I guess, potential in it, dude. And like, hey, dude, let's let's make money on this because they push they push the Gracies out, Horian and those guys out, and fucking Zufa, yeah. you know, became a promotion and, and you know it, and evolved to who it is or what it is right now. Right, you know, UFC is a fucking brand. Oh, when people when you a very when big UFC is synonymous synonymous with fucking mixed martial arts. Right, yeah, it's like, like people don't even UFC say fighter. like, oh, I was like, oh, you're an MMA. Oh, guy. you know, you know UFC. I know a league. What? Oh, yeah. you mean MMA? <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's it. it. No, then, I know, I know. I, you're so, right. Yeah. And it's it's actually it spread like a wildfire, which is kind of cool. Yeah. When, when you come to it's think definitely of it. one of the most popular sports with like the. 50 40 and under crowd it totally took professional wrestling and professional boxing out of the fucking loop oh though. for sure yeah and they were already not doing great to begin with yeah. when it when that happened i mean boxing used to be the biggest I mean, sport of, there yeah, was think about it like in the in the in the era of like leon spinks and like mike tyson mm -hmm. and like uh sugar ray leonard and uh, marvin Hagler. Like those guys, and Ali, like, uh, and I mean, yeah, Rocky Marciano, back, and going Joe back Lewis. Then, and, it was like yeah. it was a respectable fucking thing. Uh, it was now, a huge event. When you're the world champion of the world in, in boxing, yeah. like you're respectable, and you're on talk shows. You, you know, people fucking know you, right? You know what I mean, uh, and you're a spokesperson for fucking shit. Nowadays, you know, no one can even name who the heavyweight you, champion. No one can name. No yeah. one can name it. Maybe uh, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, but he doesn't even box anymore. He's right. fucking. Re he's retired. Right. <laughs> you know. And he was more by like being like more off the out of the ring shit. You, you know, know, you got the Klitschkos or like the Russian Klitschkos or Klitschkos yeah. or whatever. But like again, Tyson Fury. You had you had your or Tyson Fury. You had your great white hope, and what has it done? It doesn't really has done nothing. Yeah. It hasn't bring anything well, back Tyson to your Fury sport. Is <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, but even that that I mean, is he lost yet? How f how f how how fast did that fucking candle go? Because I don't hear anything about it Tyson Fury with his now. Well, he yeah. I, what is the most recent update on him? I'm not sure. I I remember seeing a a replay of the fight he had with. I know he's not, he was at the last like WrestleMania. Well, or well you beat Deontay Wilder a couple years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and that was a shock to a lot of people because they didn't think he had it in him anymore. But I mean, that guy is a tough, tough motherfucker. I mean, think about like professional wrestling. I mean, yeah. Even though we know, all know as an adult that it's a gimmick, right? It's just and entertainment. It's, it's, an entertainment. it's like a male but soap those, opera. But those guys before fucking USC was fucking popular. They were it's huge. Looked upon as like. Fucking legit, as fucking your shirt says, persons, you yeah. know, like, 
uh, you know, heavyweight champion of the world, you know. They were household names. Household names. Hulk Hogan. Brands, you know, like. So USC kind of like took that away. And now the guys that are USC champions or even females that are USC champions are like those fucking people. They're very well known, yeah. Which is different. But again, the conspiracy theorist in me, when it looks at it, it's like, oh, wow, it's another fucking attraction in, in the circus and bread that the roman senate has made us yeah. fucking, <laughs> fucking see because yeah. it's like modern let's, gladiator let's let's uh let's let's keep you fucking hooked on these fucking gimmicks and gadgets and all these other attractions so you don't see what the fuck we're really doing on behind right. the scenes right which is like oh wow we're doing it now in 2021 uh-huh. we never learn as humans. nfl is another oh version totally, of that dude. too totally yeah. you just because that's you know that's different than a lot of other uh, team sports because it's it's one it's one game a week and so the build up to that game and all that goes into it and the schematics and the oh well, and also the know, backdoor deals that are going everything on in too, the dude, gambling like. around it the I mean just betting on like you know what's the over under of the score at halftime I mean it's just it's there's so much insane money involved with the NFL and most of that actually comes from TV advertising from contracts. And so they were still okay during last year, during the pandemic because they, the television, it was still on TV and they still got to have their ad show on TV. But uh, my point is it's, it's the modern day gladiator spectacle. I mean, even, even way more so than MMA and bread. Cause that's it's just like it's taken over a day of the week, <laughs> you know, and it's it's like every other day is like the build up to that day. I mean, they're they're experts, they're brilliant at marketing. Oh yeah, and by keeping the NFL relevant all year, you know, I mean, look at the draft, and also keeping the public keeping the public fucking away but interested like, hey, in it uh, yeah. Yeah, like hey look at us and yeah don't look at what's going don't on don't look over at here. what's going yeah. on over here it's yeah. a distraction and it's been that way for a long time look at the draft the nfl draft which happened last week oh my this God, is this dude. is not even a game this is just <laughs> they're picking players from college and it's become like bigger than the super bowl i mean it's insane it's like the, you have no fucking idea. I don't care what experts say what. I don't care what fans say, what fans think. Nobody has any fucking idea how good these players are going to no, be. It's all guesstimation. It, it's all guessing. And it's all hypotheses. I mean, you have an idea. All you have is an idea of how good they were in college exactly. and how good that's going to transfer to the NFL. And a lot of times they're right. But, I mean, for every time they're right, you can give twice – three times the examples of if they're wrong yeah but a lot of those boys they can't even handle the transition because the transition is too fast yeah like think about it they become multi-millionaires overnight yeah you're in high school and then you're fucking playing in in college level which is a completely different fucking faster game than it was in high school or pop mural then you get to the fucking big leagues and you see how fast a fucking 345-pound man is fucking moving, and it's like, wow, that's is unearthly. That'll feel like that's getting hit by a train. fucking yeah. uh, uh, scary. Because <laughs> you're not used to that. And even you know? like a 250-pound <clears throat> linebacker, getting hit full speed by a 250-pound linebacker, that's like getting hit by a motorcycle. Yeah, but 
on, on from a college to a plural level, it's not even ten times faster. That's not even oh, a great. Com- that's not even a good comparison. Going from it's high, a completely different. Going from level. going from high school to <laughs> Division One football is like going from a one to a three, or a one to a four, depending on the program. Going from D one college football to the NFL is going from like a three to a fourteen. Like, I yeah, mean, I mean, like that's that's it, maybe the, a good comparison. The speed so somebody it, can understand and the like power the and the strength and the the this you know everything that goes into it. The intensity, the the you know how how much money is involved. It, it's insane. And my point is that's there. It's become this thing that people talk about all year long even i mean we don't have training camp doesn't even start till august and and people are hyped about their teams right now in in march or in march and like i I don't know what month it is fantasy owners are like may you know know, yeah that that is another mania that that is very an american fantasy football well it's it's i i get the appeal i think every every guy and some girls out there think that they can be a better GM. Well, yeah, than, it's football simulation in real time, yeah, in real life. It, and That's so much what it is. they give them this fantasy game that they can draft actual players and go by their stats in a real game. Impossibly and, win money at the end of the year. And possibly win money. It's basically gambling. It, it is gambling. Yeah. It's D and D gambling. Yeah, it's, that's it's, what it is. It's Dungeons and Dragons yeah. football ga- it's, gambling. It's for the nerd. <laughs> it's for the and I. I full it is for the D and D NFL fans yes. out there. Full disclosure: I am a D and D NFL player. I do play fantasy football. I'm in one league. I'm not in like five. Let me but, get my twenty sided die. Yeah, I mean it's it's a fun thing to do, but it. it I just think it's funny that like everybody, you know, you have all these armchair quarterbacks, Monday morning quarterbacks that, you know, all they live to do is just talk shit about their favorite team and nothing's ever good enough. Nothing. You know, this quarterback sucks. This coach sucks. This GM sucks. And, you know, they all think that they can do the job better than the GM. No, you fucking can't. You That's don't know shit about football. You have if if they threw you on that team and they were tried to make you do the job of a coach, a quarterback, it's or like a GM Joe's versus pros. Yeah, you would shit your pants in <laughs> the first hour. Would <laughs> it would you would you would curl up in the fetal position and you would piss your pants and you say, "I want to go back and work at Wendy's." <laughs> no one cares what you think. No one cares. If you thought that that GM should have picked this quarterback, no one cares. You suck and shut your mouth, and I'm out of here. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Fuck you all. Fuck you all. You know, as a guy that lived in the Midwest for a minute, that sounds awfully a lot like fucking Viking fans and uh, and Packer fans. Um, However, Packer fans can say something because they kind of own the company. Uh, because if they bought a brick, they have a lot more to back up. They have a lot more to back out and back up. Because they actually won Super Bowls. Because really, I don't want to shit sure on Viking, I don't want to shit on Viking fans, but we are the NFC equivalent of t- of the Buffalo Bills <laughs> in the seventies. So, um, not to say that we never got to the game. I would like to see the Vikings go to go to the big dance um, in my lifetime. I got to see my favorite my favorite football team do it in my lifetime twice. 
I saw the Bears won it the first time in 85, and I saw the Bears lose it in, With in refri- 2000. William in Refrigerator two- Perry. Yeah. When he, yeah. Ran, when he, ran, he ran over like 10 fucking people and got a touchdown. The it's offensive lineman. Awesome. When fucking, they were up like 60 to yeah. 10. <laughs> it was like ridiculous, like 52 yeah. to fucking 10 or some shit. They, but that whole fucking season they was like a historic. The monsters of the midway. That's where they got that coin phrase. Jim yeah. McMahon. Ditka. Not, not really good quarterback, Jim McMahon. He was good enough. Yeah. Well, yeah, he did what he needed to yeah. do. He was a good. He was game a role manager. player. He was kind of like a Robert Horry. Yeah. Like he was never really Robert Horry's really never on a, like a starting lineup, but he always played like the six man. And he, he was got clutch, you a, and he got you a championship. He was clutch. <laughs> yeah. No, Jim McMahon wasn't a bad quarterback. He just wasn't a great one. No. no. And but he was a game manager. He was good. I mean, they didn't need a great quarterback because they had like yeah, one sweetness. of the greatest defenses. Yeah, well, yeah, but. They had sweetness. Sweetness yeah. was like fucking uh, Barry Sanders, dude. I can juke you, and fuck, I don't need a fucking yeah. offensive line. I can juke all twelve. Might of you be the greatest me. running back of all time. Yeah, well, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, and Walter Bar- I feel like Barry Sanders is pretty fucking. We close. talked about this. Yeah, last we talked time. about this before, but like this, those guys and and that generation were were built of gentlemen. They were gentlemen. They were different. Yeah, different you know, than they, they were are gentlemen now. And sportsmen. Both of they're those guys like were. They're not like that. Uh, no, they're not. Not the, n- yeah. some of them are, but they don't get any of the hype. No. Uh, I, what I hate about modern uh, media related to football is that like sound bites, clicks. Yeah, That's it's what they it's need, man. They and just negative, and negative, negative. Everything's got to be a fucking drama, negative bullshit story about. You know, somebody that did something stupid. Okay, well, what about all the shit that other people have done that's good? What about charity when they go to, when they go to, uh, you know, uh, special needs kids group homes yeah. and 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 go? To, that's not sexy though. That no, doesn't sell. No, no. That there's nothing that nobody wants to see. That that's horseshit. They want to see the arrests. They want to see. The, the fucking political statements. It, it's all got to be negative drama and shit. And also got to hear like, the beef that one fucking wide receiver has with the other yeah. defensive back. Because that tells a story. And it's also, drama. It's, 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 it, uh, gives, it gives clicks. It's exactly. It's, you know, it's very similar to pro wrestling. Excuse me. That's how you say it. Pro wrestling. They want the pro wrestling. They want the, they want the male soap opera behind the scenes shit. They want to have this cornerback beefing with this receiver. They want them going back and forth on Twitter because that's the hype yeah. all week to the game, which yeah. is the – it's like a pro wrestling match between Jake the Snake Roberts and Hacksaw Jim, Jim Duggan. Duggan. Yep. It's yep. – they, they want the, – because that's what they did on wrestling. They'd hype it for the whole week, yeah. and Jake the Snake would be backstage with his snake talking shit to <laughs> Hacksaw, and Hacksaw would re- reply, Ho! This two by four. I'm gonna smash that boa constrictor with my two by four. Who? And uh, but back in those days, though, um, you know, the bad guys and good guys couldn't have like, or the heels and the and the baby faces in, in professional wrestling, they couldn't have the same locker room because then it would to- totally take away the mystique. See, they're talk. We're talking about something uh, about them controlling fucking the the narrative in a day when there wasn't fucking internet and fucking cell phones you can't control fucking shit in real time now with cell phones because you have everyone that has a fucking smart computer in their phone that will take take a shot and saying hey undertaker was hanging out with hulk hogan the other day you know you know like imagine that if we had fucking cell phones back in those days wrestling would not be the way it is 
You know what I mean? Because they couldn't control the fucking narrative. Because that's the thing about fucking TV. You know, you can make and edit and shit and make someone look like he totally threw this guy through a, through a table well, and now, decimated him. Now you, know? you don't even need you know? TV. You just need yeah. a phone Yeah, to you do just that. Need a phone. You can take a video of yeah. anyone and yeah. make it look any way you want exactly. and post, post and it edit online. It, edit it and filter it on your cell there's phone. No, there's yeah. absolutely no limits. There's no. We're in the Wild West right now. Totally. Of shit you can put on the internet because no one's held accountable. Nope. No one's, uh, you know, you, you can you can be completely anonymous and destroy somebody's life if you want to. Yep. And and you might never even get caught. Yep. They might never even know. You know, if, if you have a, if you have a vendetta against somebody, you can anonymously destroy their life with with a few clicks on a computer on your phone. Yeah. yeah or even can, on your phone now. You can make it look like he's, you know, fucking around on his family. You can yeah. make it look like he's embezzling, stealing from his company. You can make it look you can make it look however you want to. And and you can destroy his his or her life. Oh yeah. Uh, well you can you can totally accuse somebody of rape and not, and he or she never fucking did this sort of thing, but because you've been accused of it with no so, evidence, with no evidence, yeah. people are still gonna with fucking no mark evidence. You yeah, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it has nothing to do with if if with if it actually happened or not. It's your name is already associated with the yeah. word rape, and yeah. you and someone's already gonna have a conception. Yeah, and the, the court of public opinion is gonna have their say, and you know, and then and then you have the Twitter mobs, <clears throat> the cancel culture, yeah. that just, I mean, you know. There's a lot the, of fucking cyberbullying. The, the four, the uh, even far, of, of like adult people. Not to get, get too like political, but Bill Maher just talked about this. Like, the the far left and the far right are really not that much different anymore. No, because both have this puritanical streak uh, in them where there's no black and white. Everything, or there's sorry, there's no gray in area. There's no gray area. Everything is black and white. Uh, you're either with us or against us. Um, we're going to scour the internet to anything you ever might have said under any context and in your entire life. Sensitive. And and then put that out there. And say, we got him. He said something that I think was racist in 1997. Done. He's dead. He's buried. Yeah. Forever. Like it, it, I mean, it's and just it's somebody it's just, could have definitely evolved <clears throat> from then to now. You or I mean? or even if they said something that it could be completely out of context. Yeah. They could have been quoting a rap song or something. I mean, you don't know. You have exactly. no idea what was said. It's just this this puritanical fucking witch hunt lynch mob of trying to destroy people who don't bow down to your woke god and your and your woke culture. And this used to be something that was on the right, this puritanical, evangelical, Southern Baptist shit where they would, you know, go around and say, uh, this person said this, to take it completely out of context, let's banish them forever from everything. You know, that used to be something that was m way more on the right. And now it's evolved to where it's, it's these, I don't even know what 
age is what anymore. Like I, I want to say don't millennials, even know what but se- it's, I don't even know what sex. Yeah. what sex gender you are. Right. Anymore. Exactly. Yeah, if so I don't right. know what gender you are, I have no idea <laughs> what what gender. Like, and I I'm think, not trying to go be like a Ben Shapiro by any means, because I don't fucking believe in a lot of his fucking uh, his uh, fucking uh, beliefs. But like about gender. <laughs> but. Uh, I mean, what are you like? I, I have to fucking put a, a like a pronoun like in my fucking. LinkedIn. I identify as he, yeah, him, her. Yeah, yeah you know, like whatever. that's just. I'm like, I don't. I, I re- should I really do that? Am, I mean, come on. I mean, well, why should you do it? Because someone else said you should do well, it. Well, yeah, and what if I don't if, do it, I'm chastised for it. What if I don't want to? I don't want to play your game. You know. Well, what I mean? it's just like you don't. You can do that. Yeah, you can and, do it however you want. But if I don't say I identify as him. Yeah. him his, his wh- whatever him, that doesn't make me a bigot mine, you know that doesn't mean i don't support transgender people yeah. that doesn't mean i that i have anything against the lgbt community yeah which, no i have I'm, i mean i'm cool with with everyone i don't care who you, but you who see you, love. you see what i'm saying it's who this, you love it's but but just because i don't fucking follow into your narrative doesn't mean i'm a fucking against you and it actually does not fucking mean that I'm a Trump voter. Right what it away. means is you don't get to. <laughs> what it means is pretty simple. You don't get to tell me what I do yeah. or say. Yeah. I can say whatever I want to, and I can identify with whatever I want to, just, just like you can identify. Just be happy that I'm the type of guy that will fucking protect you if I see you getting your head bashed in yeah. the fucking street. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So it really doesn't matter what fucking gender you are, you know, when it comes down to it. But most people, a lot of people, don't know that. If you're you getting know? beaten down. Because I will you, be there to help you. If you're getting you beaten down you. because of your sexual orientation, I will have your back. I will definitely have your back. But but just because I don't conform to what things that you want me to do to make you feel better doesn't mean that I am I, I'm a Trump voter and I hate and I hate gays. The, the, yeah, right. That's just, what I'm trying to say. Just because know? I have the audacity to raise the issue uh, that's actually pro women. That uh, maybe not all mothers and young daughters, which I know a thing or two about, yeah, you uh, are might not feel comfortable with a guy with a beard and a dress in the female bathroom. Yep. That doesn't mean I hate gays. Yeah. That doesn't mean I hate cross dressers. That, that, that doesn't is. mean I hate transgender. That means that I'm trying to stick up for and protect any number of females not just my own but there's you're just one person there are many people that would not feel comfortable seeing a guy with a beard where you pee yep yep, yep. just like if now, he was in a dress now, or not <laughs> now this is probably very hypocritical for me to say but if you're very passable and you want to sit down and pee and do and, and do, go for it yeah, go for it because then like nobody's. I said a nobody, dude with a beard though. But yeah, <laughs> but again, I'm just saying like yeah. for this for, for. I mean, and I'm not I mean, saying that. Be, be, I'm not by saying all means that. Do it, but and like, I'm not saying that they're sexual predators. I'm not yeah. saying that at all. What I'm saying is, there's lots of females and younger girls that are not going to feel comfortable with a male coming in the restroom, whether he chooses to wear a dress or not. Mm. They're not going to that's why I don't go into a female's restroom. Yeah. If I decided to put a dress on and say I identify as a female, does that give me the right to? No, I'll just hold it until I get home. Yeah. Or (laughs) 
Or if I have to, just go into the men's bathroom. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah, because that's easier but again, to do if it. You're, if you're very pass, if you're passable and, and, and yeah. fucking do it, then go ahead, yeah. go ahead and do well, it. Because yeah, of none's, course. If because you're, none's the wiser at that If point, you're fully you know? uh, transitioned or if yeah. you are fully passable, that's a different story. Yeah. I'm... I, I'm I just don't something. want you looking like fucking like uh, Grizzly Adams wearing a fucking tutu coming in there when my when my daughter is trying to exactly go to and and that should not be considered hate speech to say Exa- that exactly you're actually sticking up for women yeah so. and and you're being fucking uh, yeah. sense sensible right I mean, that's right common sense or just have an extra Logics. bathroom logics have oh, yeah. an extra bathroom well, uh, well uh, uh, good that you said that they have we, family restrooms when I was going to school at MCTC at the uh, uh, I was part of the student government. I was part of the student senate. Yeah. We passed a fucking uh, a law or a law. Well, not really a law, but uh, regulation regulation rule. in our yeah. school that where we had fucking uh, gender safe fucking bathrooms. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you didn't want to go to the men's bathroom, you can go to this gender safe there you bathroom. Go. And, there, and then there you go. I, I, I wanted to say that because you said that. I'm yeah. like, well, fuck, we did that at an MS, yeah. MS at a Minsky school here yeah. in Minnesota. You should still be able to go to the bathroom. You should be able to go to the bathroom. Yeah. You're a human fucking being. But right. if you don't know if you want to be Sally or fucking Jed. <laughs> that day go to the there's a <laughs> there's a there's a third bathroom. option. The, right. and, and I believe they should have. A, and the, if right. if. And that's a nice fucking compromise. Right. You know what I mean? I think every, every state law. Okay, or go to a every, 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 Go to a unisex. Every, every fucking restaurant needs to have a third bathroom for somebody. A unisex. A unisex yeah. bathroom. Or okay. family. Sometimes they say family because yeah. if you have yeah. a, yeah. A, a, you know, with a baby changing station I mean, or whatever. I mean, if we're going to get with the fucking times and be inclusive and let everyone be involved and like, then I, we should fucking pass laws as the not a federal law, but a state law or maybe a municipal law. Okay, all of us have all all fucking venues and shit should have a fucking unisex fucking bathroom just to fucking yeah. they calm that fucking shit. And, and all of this being said, let me let me make one thing perfectly clear. There are absolutely many aggressive, hate filled males. Let's be honest. They're mostly males, mostly yeah. men. It's yeah. you don't it's not a lot of girls saying or believing no. this that for well, you some don't see reason a lot of fucking girls they, like shooting up their fucking school. Right. They absolutely hate uh, transgender people. They are offended by their presence. They don't think they're worth human dignity and they, for whatever reason they hate them and they mean to do their them harm. There are those people out there. So I'm not trying to diminish what some transgender people might experience and you know fear for their lives in some situations i'm not trying to diminish that at all totally i have a lot of sympathy for somebody who's experiencing that and they should absolutely be protected and anyone that does assault them should absolutely go to jail so i am very much pro lgbt um but that being said i think like anything else in life you know things tend to go completely overboard Mm -hmm. and again there's no gray area ever it's always black and white Mm -hmm. you know you're either with us you're against us you know if you don't completely you know do everything we say you hate all transgender people and that's complete shit and and no no person that thinks reasonably and honestly uh should you know believe that and you know that's all i really have to say about that but i I, and i I would agree with you i think most fucking americans will agree with you too i mean 
folks were just they're like, hey, man, I, don't, I really am I'm not bashing. You love who you love. You can't help who you fall in love with, you know, and and I'm cool with who you love, man. You know, and it's more of like a libertarian thing. As long as you don't like harm me and <laughs> anything else, you don't bring try to bring harm. I'm really cool with you, dude. Would you agree with the last line of Abbey Road that and in the end, the love we take is equal to the love you make? I hey. might have butchered that a little bit. And well, when you think about it, it's kind of true, man. I mean, it's, it's also like the law of attraction. And the, the more positive fucking shit you bring out into the universe, or the universe brings back. It into brings you. back to you, yeah. You the know, law of attraction. It goes back. It goes well. Goes like with karma and anything else. Magnetism. Dude. You know. Uh, so Although that's I don't find that to always be true. No, and not all. <laughs> Sometimes you can be that, you can be like putting a out utopian idea and, and a great <laughs> thing to think about and, and hope for, right? Yeah. But. We know in reality it's not like you that. can put out all kinds of love and good vibes into the world and still get shit on, yeah. still get killed or still you know get, whatever. Get hit by a fucking bus. Yeah, you know, exactly. Um, but. However, um, I just I, uh, I, the whole fucking binary, fucking unbinary thing. I still, I'm still. I, it's not like I'm trying to fucking understand it. I just. I feel like an old person try- from a flip phone trying to go to a smartphone. Right. That's what <laughs> that's how I it's feel. It's a about heavy it. transition. <laughs> yeah, like it's like this is a weirdly weird fucking uh, this is weird situations that I'm dealing <laughs> with here. This know? is some serious transitional shit that I'm <laughs> yeah, going like through right Johnny now. Johnny Carson, uh, like I don't know if I can shit. handle this. Um, however, though, I'm I'm cool with it. I, but I think like the younger generation, they're they're really rambunctious, man. You know, they, and they want fucking change like now. They don't. They don't want like fucking, uh, uh, what do you call it? Chromat- not chromatic, but like what's the word I'm trying? Incremental. To- incre- they don't want incremental fucking shit. They want fucking shit now. You know, and they want. Yeah, fucking, well, they and they want fucking like really the kill like almost like racism and that's fucking no. cool in a way i think i mean dude i've never seen a millennial that's fucking racist ever seen a racist thing they will fucking bust your my myself up dude that's pretty fucking bigoted what you just said uh, i mean you know they're very hypersensitive the, to it. the problem with that is that you can be too hypersensitive yeah. about racial shit and that is almost equally as bad um because uh, there's 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 a point where, you know, getting on your soapbox and getting on your cross really starts to Damn, piss off. I really off. feel like the, the youth is very progressive. Man. Well, They're but my, my point is this. My point is this. Uh, African-Americans can speak for themselves. Yeah. They, can they don't speak, need white. CZQ they don't need little Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Yeah. To talk for they them. don't yeah. need little white kids speaking for them. In fact, exactly. that's kind of insulting yeah. because you're assuming that they're not enlightened enough to talk for to them, talk for themselves. For themselves yeah. And that's insulting to to African-Americans. Exactly. And when I say African-Americans, you can be it can be any race. Yeah. Any people that yeah. that these little white kids are trying to speak for. I get the intention, and it's and it not coming from a good place. It comes from a good place usually, but you're way too overzealous 
about it. And a lot of these kids, since they were raised on the internet and on social swiping media, left and swiping right, they have yeah. no idea yeah, whatsoever exactly. how the subtleties of how the real world works. Because and they how, don't have social skills. No, they, they don't have <laughs> just racism is not this. It's, it's not only this massive institutional thing. Racism is an individual person-to-person interaction. Every person you yourself deal with on a taught, daily it's basis. It's not taught in schools. Yeah, on a, on a daily basis, every interaction that you yourself have with a person of another race, that's where the real change exactly. and the real... Uh, progression is it's not this oh if you just if you just change the way you know we speak our language at this institutionalized <laughs> level that that'll just eventually trick no fuck all that that's just going to piss a bunch of people off yeah. and you're you might even be worse off than you you know it what what it is is it's just day by day interpersonal interactions with people and your heart and mind it's changing hearts and minds yeah. of anybody of any yes. race and and seeing somebody as an equal human being and not judging them or having some kind of uh you know pretenses on who they are what they're all about based on the way they look based on the color of their skin based on the way they talk on how they dress fill in the blank you know, every single person is an individual, um, but at the same time, also people, different people come from different cultures. And that's the other part that I don't think these woke kids understand is like black people come from a specific culture. It's, it's the African-American experience. They come from a specific culture that they're proud of and they should be proud of it. So for you to try to change the way that everyone perceives them and perceives that culture and that how well, there is no culture. That's only, you know, the human race is all we are. We're all just one. That's true on one level, but at the same time, we all come from different backgrounds and different cultures and that should be welcomed and that should be celebrated and that should be uh, something that you embrace, not something that you should run away from. Right. And, and learning as a white person to embrace other ethnicities and other cultures and being cool with that and accepting that and learning from that and not thinking that your own culture is, is the, supreme, the yeah. supreme culture and the dominant culture, that's These, also where change comes from. And I think a lot of these, a lot of these woke kids don't understand that because they're so, they've got their heads so far up their ass from... You know, they're these are the same fucking kids that fucking celebrate Cinco de Mayo and drink Budweiser and right. smoke weed when thinking that it's the fucking Mexican independence and it's not. And it's it's not. the battle of fucking Pueblo, yeah. a state in fucking Mexico in the southern part of fucking Mexico. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's it has nothing to do with the fucking Mexican independence at all. It's right. They don't <clears throat> celebrate the Cinco de Mayo in it, Mexico. Yeah. No, it's they an don't. American Mexican. Their, their actual independence is like in yeah. September or something. Yeah, shit like and they that. celebrate uh, Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead. Yeah, right after Halloween. Yeah, yeah it's like the Which transition period where their ancestors that have passed are the, the, the two worlds 
are closest together. Kind of, the, yeah, the same thing as Sam Hain, yeah. Halloween. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, but anyway, uh, yes, it's cultural appropriation. It's it's white college kids who think it's appropriate to dress up as, uh, for Halloween, as Mexican gardeners yeah and as uh gangs- or even even gangsters even you girls ever- dressing in like sexy pocahontas fucking gear that it's too? like dude you're like you're not even native american how about just mascots <laughs> in general like my sorry my uh i mean washington redskin how fucking long did it take for them to get rid of washington redskin it really took the fucking george floyd thing for for them to get rid of dude, Washington dude, George Redskins, George Floyd thing fucking changed a lot. It, it reverberated a, a lot. It, it, it's, it was a stepping stone of a lot of fucking absolutely, change. absolutely. And, and we're watching that shit happen in our yeah. in our real life, real time. Like, like we're seeing history going on. About no, it. totally. But I mean, how the fuck did it take that long? I know for Washington. Re- I mean, are you fucking kidding me? That you could not have more of a racist name. And I'm like the least fucking PC sensitive person. You're that is the most degrading fucking name. And just because the Native Americans have the the lowest percentage of population for minorities in the country, that was the only reason. Can you imagine if it was the Washington Blackskins or the Washington Brownskins or the Washington Jews or the Washington Caucasians? Yeah, the Washington Caucasians with a with a Richie Rich blonde fucking uh, mascot with money and you know I would, I would put the Monopoly guy there. But yeah, anyways. I mean Redskin. Like it, it's not but chief. That is a derog- that's a derogatory. Yeah, like chief is an honorary fucking. Would name. you say to a Native American, "Hey, Redskin"? No, I mean, yeah, neither would I, and neither would anyone that's in like their right mind. A, that's like saying the N word to a black yeah, person. Yeah, it's <laughs> it was not much different than having the name Washington n-word yeah absolutely yeah. or or fill in the blank wash you know for asians or, or, or anything in the south latinos like, you know, anything or in the south you know, maybe like yeah. the washington like the georgia fucking the, lynch mob or the, some the shit texas like wetbacks you know? i mean that's and you you have yeah, that's you know fucking derogatory too uh, any any of those terms and and like the fact that like people didn't know that or people are like, i don't care it's just football what does it matter well yeah you don't care yeah. it doesn't matter if you the don't whole care culture does if if like, yeah. If Native Americans are offended by that name, you know, and our American foreign policy kind of like fucking made them kind of a genocidal fucking caricature of fucking the world history because we did that. Yes, the because we gover- committed genocide yeah. upon them. Oh, yeah. Because as Andrew a Jackson, government yeah. policy, Andrew Jackson did that. He killed fucking he's, millions. He wasn't the only one, but he was one of the most notorious one Indian I mean, fighter. The, tra- the Trail of Tears happened on his watch, dude. It, and he ordered it. He ordered it. Yeah, the history we have of genocidal uh, policy towards Native, Native Americans, Americans is kind of make it hard insane. to find a and, and the fact Native that now. you can't understand that and understand why Redskin might just be a little bit of an inappropriate name, name for your to sports call team. Uh, yeah. your sports team. And it was it was the, the ironic part was it was Washington, the capital. Yeah, that's that's where now it's the Washington football team because Dan Snyder's a little bitch. Well, yeah, you because know. he's he's like he's taking his. Ball oh, he's a home. pouty, but salty again, little bitch. I mean, when you call like the Chicago Blackhawks, the hockey team, that's that's they're not calling them fucking squaws. You yeah, know, what it, I mean? they're not calling them prairie N words. Blackhawk is a okay, specific uh, it's a tribe. specific tribe. Like, I don't know why the Sioux, North Dakota Sioux had to drop their name. Uh, to, you know, 
made them the Hawks. I don't know why, because the Sioux was very proud. They were a very proud fucking Native American nation. Yeah. Well, it, in college, it was just they dropped all Native American names as a as a NCAA policy. Well, then why the, the, why does fucking Florida fucking state still have the Seminoles? Sem- oh, actually, yeah, they, that's true. You're right. They didn't drop Seminoles, yeah, did the, they? So the, it wasn't. The, I guess it wasn't every the fighting a lion. Lion eye. That's, that's a Native an, American yeah. fucking tribe too, dude. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I but mean, can we all agree that Redskin was? Well, yeah, the, like, we, I think we can all yeah, agree with that. that. And, is the, and a derogatory they should change name. that shit. Like the and Cleveland Indians, that's not. I mean, that's kind of derogatory too, because way how the how well, the and they got rid of that not, mascot. You know, they got rid of the, the was, big nose. What was and the, the name of that mascot? Uh, the smiling Indian. Um, I, I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, they got rid of the mascot because, like, that's that's a that's like having like they did in the 1930s the the little black Sambo yeah. mascot with the big lips yeah. and everything. I mean, that that wasn't much different than no, that. No. And uh, the, well, the, you still have the Atlanta Braves, too. They're yeah, still the Braves well. and the Chiefs and yeah. the I mean, there's still many, you know, but the, the point is the, the Redskin. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> and, and, and the, the best part is, you know, that. Dan Dan Snyder is a notorious prick and he's a pouty little well, bitch. He's a millionaire. He's a and, millionaire. Well, right. But he he was adamant for years and years. He was never, ever going to change Washington Redskins until he did. And it was so funny when he had this. He was well, he was getting boycotted. He was he was fighting like this PR war against changing the name. And I remember seeing him on TV one time. Uh, they were playing down in Arizona, and they kept showing him in his owner suite. And he had a Native American elder from Arizona sitting next to him. Of course, he did. in his booth. And I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Is that not the most <coughs> transparent pandering? Like, what did you call 1-800-RENT-A-INDIAN? Uh, I got to get this figured out. Uh, people are going to love to well, see not me. not just that. I mean, most Native Americans probably saw through that and were like, and saw oh, that, that Native American everyone. as an yeah. Uncle Tom. They're, they're like, dude, you're an Uncle Tom <laughs> for doing that The guy shit. probably just wanted to sit in a fucking great seat for the game yeah, i mean he probably like, got paid for yeah, it too like, i'm like wouldn't you get for it i'm surprised i'm surprised i'm surprised dan snyder didn't dress him in full like ceremonial, know, ceremonial dressing with face paint and shit and okay, he's that like would, that'd be definitely what am i gonna do to, to definitely pandering. make sure that this 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 pr hit with taken is uh Old news by tomorrow. I know. I'll sit next to a full-blooded Indian. That'll resolve. Then the Indians will think Redskins okay because, look, Dan Snyder has Indian friends. He's sitting next to an Indian. That must mean he's not racist. It's like it's a cross between Lovitz and fucking uh, uh, what's the guy that's like, I don't know this stuff. Yeah. I can't remember his last name. Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, yeah. Gilbert Gottfried. That, yeah. That's what you just did there. <laughs> oh, it's just D- Dan Snyder thinking like, my money has always been able to solve all my problems, and this time is no different. I'm going to rent an Indian for this game, and there's probably a number I can dial. I don't know. Arizona, they got lots of Indians there. Let's, I'll see what I can do. I'm, I'm going to put my people on that and see what they can what they can scrounge up. Well, you're probably not far from the truth. Yeah. You know, I mean, fiction is usually fucking the truth. And then, and then, and then, after they forced him to change the name, he's just like, "I'm not going to come up with a new name. It's just going to be the Washington Football Team." What a salty little bitch, bitch. move that is. But you know, when you come to think about it, when I see the new insignia. 
It actually pr- looks pretty fucking cool. It looks. It harkens back to the old school. Wait, but they don't have a name yet. No, but it's just like, well, back in the day, the Green Bay Packers didn't have a fucking name. They were just no, called the Green Bay. Yeah, I know. I, I get Bay. it, but like they, they don't have a name, a, a name at all, and that's all. because Dan because Snyder is a, bitch. a pouty little yeah, he's bitch. he's a bitch. And he wants he's like, I'm not going to ever change it anything. So even though you make me get rid of Redskin, I'm still going to just have it be... Not any name. You're all going to suffer because I lost money. Uh, shut the fuck up. Well, it's kind of like the same thing over in um, North Dakota in Grand Forks with uh, um, the Fitzgerald, uh, or not the Fitzgerald, but um, the hockey rink there because the the guy that, that it's named after, Inglestead, I think it is, like, he, he had, like, some type of writing or some type of thing that's in, in a contract. Even he's dead now. That they can't use, they can't change any of the Sioux fucking shit in there. Mm. You know, uh, again, another kind of like Schneider like a guy. I'm like, yeah, okay, you can change the thing, but you can't change any of this shit in this stadium with that. And you have to stay in this stadium because you made a contract with me. Right. And, you know, Inglestead in North Dakota, is, he was kind of like a, a mafioso type of dude. You know, like he had ties to the fucking mob. Definitely had ties with fucking Kennedy during the fucking Prohibition fucking days. Um, however, um, yeah, it's just strange. I mean, I mean, you now these days is seeing how sports is in itself has grown into such a big, huge fucking multimedia monster. Like when you come to think about it back in the day, um, during like Babe Ruth and like, uh, maybe even in the seventies in the NFL, a lot of these guys were like bricklayers off season and then yeah they all had second jobs and then they played ball on when they didn't have season when the season was on yeah they weren't getting paid anything in the same realm as they do now and even their money that they were getting paid if you make make the equivalent now it's still not millions of dollars so well we're done with this segment right here so stay tuned for the last segment uh, I love this tune. So here's a little queen to send you off into our third segment. Thanks for sticking around. Please like and subscribe. And let's hear this tune for a second. Positions, emotional investments, all the passion go. 
Fuck America. Fucked up the dance. I just hand in the phone on my pants. The things I was a jester. Trying to find that balance. God, I love this tune. Oh, atmosphere, motherfucker! That is my theme song. If that if that was gonna be like your theme song when you wake up and you go out to go to work and you're like you you dress like a killer, you're going to work. That is my fucking theme song. Getting out of the house, that, that song going get into you, the car, driving into my fucking commute get to my amped. job. That is get my fucking amped. jam, son. That yes. Trying to find a balance. Trying to find a balance from atmosphere. God, I love Aren't that. we all? Well, tr- are we all true, trying to right? find a balance? And like, I just fucking love atmosphere. That's such a good fucking, such a good rapper and such a fucking good songwriter too. I mean, um, Cipher. They, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm pro- mainly talking about Slug, right? So, but anyhow, God, I love that tune. It's a but great tune. I love it too. I love uh, atmosphere. Like, if um, I was a professional wrestler. That'd be a good. That would be my fucking theme song. Walk walking up out. song, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I could just see the fucking crowd going. That's where the passion go. They would. It's an amped up, hyped up song. Anthemic. It's an yes. anthemic like tune. Too. It's a good uh, show opener. Yeah. And I've seen. I've definitely seen atmosphere. I've seen him open, open with the that show. Tune. With the, yeah. yeah. And it's a great fucking opening. Fucking fucking banger dude because it's a banger man i remember i saw atmosphere at Ten Thousand lakes one year wow you saw it it was yeah it was one of their i mean i've seen them a bunch of times but that was one of them and that was a late night show after the main act i'm not even remembering who the main act was i think it might have been widespread panic or wilco wow that's a fucking strange which is a very strange segue (laughs) to atmosphere um it was one of those bands but uh and then there was also on top of it there was a storm coming our way and so I think they opened with that song, and the crowd was insane. I mean, they were in full party mode, in full all kinds of psychedelic mode. Full hooligan mode. Full hooligan mode, all of the above. And, I mean, they're, you know, everyone's carrying their <laughs> their flags and their banners and everything. And, and Slug definitely <laughs> felt that. And uh, they actually, I know they cut the show short because they're in the middle of it. There was a thunderstorm that that passed Lightning. over, but, but that kind of, I mean, they still played for like forty-five minutes at least. And and because there was the storm coming, there was there was all this just tension and that kind of built into the the energy of yeah. the show and the crowd and everything because you just kind of wanted to jam everything in there yeah. as quickly as you could before this crazy storm came and it was like it wasn't tornado but it was you know a, a strong thunderstorm with frontline oh, winds and yeah, shit like which are very wind. common in the midwest yeah, well, well when you live in the land of extremes like yes. like in minnesota yeah. that shit will happen i've seen worse it wasn't Definitely. that bad i mean no one died so it wasn't that bad but uh yeah anyway that just seeing uh seeing that show uh, that 
that reminded me of um, of that song and. Um, I I miss Ten Thousand Lakes. That, I miss that festival. Yeah, fuck Dave Matthews for banking rep that fucking shit. Anyhow, uh, I just want to take take some time to talk about a memory of, of atmosphere for me. Like I, they were the last act for the Rhyme Sayers twentieth anniversary over at Target Center, and I had a, like VIP. Oh, did you go to that? Okay, yeah, I had like VIP fucking lammies and shit. Cool. I had to go backstage and eat fucking cater and that was like and all that. a few years ago right it was a few years ago yeah. maybe about three or four years ago i'm thinking anyway i remember that uh yeah john i saw john at the same show um, yeah i didn't see it there but i remember uh, remember when it atmosphere happened atmosphere was the last act i mean aesop rock and all those guys were really cool to see um even brother ali had a really good set however atmosphere fucking killed it oh yeah and it was only slug out there i didn't see anybody else it was just slug slug and ant so um he opened up with fucking trying to find a balance trying to find a balance and that is my favorite song and i geek like a fucking sure like a girl oh my god yeah this is my favorite song <laughs> had the full hand uh oh hell yeah dude i definitely was doing the fucking yeah you know you so. were into it I was definitely into it. And his I feel like his set was the best set out of the whole night. I'm sure it was. And um and definitely when you go t- to a Rhyme Sayer show, you see the whole town there. It's it's all the homies. And it's like in some weird re uh not reason but like uh significance, you're a part of that in some type of way because some right. way you're being a local here, you're connected in some way that you know like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, like type styley, right? Yeah, you know this person who knew that person who exactly. played here, who played there, yeah. Yeah. which gives you like some type of street cred of yeah. some sort, you know? Maybe, so, <laughs> <laughs> or it gives you the fucking, you know, the the placebo of thinking that you have like street cred. Um, however, it was that was like one of my favorite fucking rap hip hop shows that I've been to, like like Lifetime, because I've been to a few. Um, obviously, like my you know, Beastie Boys and uh, Onyx and Cypress, uh, Cypress Hill and uh, Tribe Called Quest and Outcast. I seen them live, but something about that, something about that was was special because it was local and yeah, and you know, and I'm I live here and it's just yeah, it was. A very I, special I really night. I really liked. Um, in the '90s, they used to have these tours, uh, <coughs> the Smoke and Grooves tour, and I saw that at the St. Paul Civic Center, which is no longer there, where uh, XL Center is right now. And um, that was probably the best lineup of hip hop I've ever seen. That was uh, Michael Franti and Spearhead, at the time just known as Spearhead, when they were rap, open the show. And then there was a just a little unknown band named Tribe Called Quest. And then the original Fugees, Lauren Hill, Wyclef, Praz, then Cypress Hill, and then Ziggy Marley. That was a sick show. That was a sick show. They at the the was same Fronty still with Spearhead when they were when Fronty's always been the front of spearhead okay. uh back then they were more hip-hop now they're more kind of 
crossover, I don't know, folky, rock, I, funk. I associate, I associate in my mind, Franti as like new, like new reggae. Yeah, I mean, he incorporates reggae into it, but it's, you know, it kind of pulls from everything, funk, rock, blues, folk, whatever. But back in the 90s, when it was just called Spearhead, they were hip hop. Okay. Yeah, they were hip hop. They had kind of a different sound back then than they do now. But uh, yeah, that was a sick show. And uh, and then a couple years later, it wasn't as good because of the venue, because Target Center is not my favorite venue to see a place. But uh, dude, it's sometimes it, hit or miss, you know. I just don't like Target Center, but the um, the the lineup was sick. It was CeeLo, uh, CeeLo Green, CeeLo Green, Lauren Hill God, Solo. I, I want to see him in concert. Jurassic Five, The Roots, and Outcast. Outcast headlined. And that was when they were, you know, blowing up the world. Was that during a- ATL Aliens? That or? was after that. Okay. That was after that. That was that was during like uh, Stankonia. Okay. Bombs over Baghdad. That uh, Miss Jackson. Okay. That era. It was after Aquemini, and okay. Aquemini is when they really blew yeah, up. They blew up with Aquemini. Um, which is their best album, in my opinion. AT Aliens is great too. Oh, dude, Wheels but, of Steel on that tune oh, is a fucking yeah. shit, dude. Jazzy Bell, yeah. Elevators. Colder than the Polar Bears code nails. Oh, I'm like, hell no, that is the it, coldest opening line that, that you can fucking say. That might be the coolest line ever uttered in hip hop. Colder than a Polar Bears toenails. toenails. Yeah. <laughs> that's so I mean, cold yeah, that's shit. pretty cold. Yeah. That's. You can't get colder than a polar bear's toenails, uh, can you? I don't think so. And I believe that's fucking big boy. That no, that's Andre. That's Andre. That was that Andre. Oh, yeah. okay. Andre was, was the was the genius of the two. Big boy's okay, but he's you know he's just kind of southern pimp Atlanta I like, I rap. Like a lot of big boys. Yeah, fucking yeah. Production that he's got. He lately. contributes well to the to the group, but Andre, let's be. Let's well, be honest. Yeah, Andre's the he's the uh, the space cadet. Yeah, but, he's the flamboyant one out of yeah. the fucking group. I mean, they're both flamboyant when it comes to like. But he's dr- you know, more of the artist, and, and, and Big Boy's more of the street hustler. Um, Big Boy has a, a a side project called like Big Grams, and uh, there's another fucking uh, shit that he does with it, like a French fucking like dance fucking group. Or duo, I can't fucking. Maybe that's fucking Big Grams, whatever. Hmm. Uh, they have a song, something like "Chasing the Fucking Sun." That's a fucking cold ass tune. I mean, some of his some of his newer shit is pretty good. I, I like it. He has come some bangers, but again, all those rappers right now, dude, they're not even making albums. They're just fucking featured on somebody else's fucking uh, right. single that's coming a out. Feature, yeah, and then they all kind of trade off and are featured on each other's shit. Yeah, yeah. Yep, those were the days, I tell you. Well, like, like again, like Snoop Dogg, we were talking about him earlier. Like, Snoop Dogg has stayed relevant because he's been featured on fucking newer people's fucking shit. Like, Andre Andre Grande or whatever. You know, he has a fucking line in one of her. Ariana Grande. Um, he might have a fucking line with Justin fucking Timberlake. Yeah, he I mean, Snoop, Snoop has stayed. He, that's how he stayed relevant. Well, he and he's just, he's a household name. He's extremely famous and beloved and you know i don't know if he's come out with that great of music since 
the 90s, but... I don't think uh, anything was fucking really to me that's a banger, 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 uber banger, except all the shit that was fucking engineered by Dr. Dre. Right. Because all of those right. were fucking golden. And you can say the same thing about Eminem. Yeah. You well, know, his, yeah. His best shit easily was with Dr. Dre, and Snoop's best shit easily of his career was with Dr. Dre as yeah. well. Yeah. And, and it's also like with rappers, it's <laughs> when they first drop, when they first come out, and they're just hungry and and it's gritty and they're and it's just you know every ounce of heart and soul go into the songs go into the albums go into the verses the lyrics everything the production that's you know it, it it's it's very very hard to stay that, that at that type, level, at that level, for your whole constantly. career, because after the first, if they are successful, after the first couple albums, they get fat and rich. Yeah, they get fat and happy, and then what are they going to talk about? You know, on the street level, they don't want to hear talking about fucking, uh, you know, discos and and fuck uh, discos. Where did that fucking come clubbing? <laughs> clubbing. I meant like discotheques. Yeah. Yeah. Clubbing. Fucking. I mean, maybe some of them do want to hear about clubbing, but the the very wealthy lifestyle. It, all of a sudden, it's like you know, puff daddy lifestyles of the rich and famous. What what cats on the streets want to hear about that shit? You know what yeah. I mean? Like they they're not talking about anything at that level that they can relate to because they're not on the streets anymore. Because yeah, they're not they're not struggling. It, right. They're not struggling anymore. So a lot of times their their material falls significantly because there's there ain't they shit might to talk have about. one or two bangers on their next yeah fucking hit that, but not that albums gets, but right. that gets them to the next fucking and i know yeah. with millennials it's all about what's in your you know your ipod mix or what's on your streaming like no one gives a shit about albums anymore but back in about, the day it's all about tracks now yeah it's it's, 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 gone, ba- it's gone back to the fucking right like 50s and 60s of just making singles that's true that's know. true the album the art of the album has it's gone but it will come back. It'll come back. Years. It go in cycles. Yeah, it could maybe come back. Yeah. In 20 years. And there's still artists that care about albums. But I'm saying, as in a mainstream way, no one is listening to like True. full albums anymore. And to me, albums are have always been and are still really important to me because it's it's not just about the bangers. It's not just about the the hits. It's the time capsule of the album that you made. The the set of songs. The 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 you know, well, 12, kinda, 13 songs that you made in that time period and, and, and encapsulated on an album. And that's yeah. that's and then the sequencing and the yeah. mixing and everything that goes into an album, the concept, the I mean, that's missing quite a bit from mainstream society. And you're right. It did used to be, uh, you know, back in the 50s, way, way more about the uh, single, just the, the chart single. topping yeah. singles and whatnot. And the Beatles are the band that. And then flip that on its head after you made your 10 fucking hits and then you make those 10 hits into a fucking an album so you can make more money off of that. Or you make a concept album like Sgt. Pepper's that, you know, from the first to last song, there's a theme, there's a connection, there's a vibe, there's a production from the beginning to the end of the album that that makes the album the album and not just yes. a showcase for a series of, of songs. greatest hits. Yeah. 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 Sergeant uh, Pepper's really changed that. And then of course, then you got into like Pink Floyd and <laughs> well, I love 
uh, concept rock. I yeah. like fucking shit that tells a fucking story. Right. Yes is another good band. Rush is another good band that tells stories. A lot of the progs. But again, you know, the the stark comparison between fucking rap artists or R&B artists uh, or hip hop artists to like rock musician shit. Like Dre, when he made fucking Chronic, it probably took him maybe a couple years to fucking get all that shit together. And then when he had all the shit together and the formula right, then he fucking boom spit it out yeah. and then shot it out. And to he the was world. a notorious perfectionist. Okay. So like in rock music, sometimes like you, I mean, you hear or you could see like Pearl Jam. Their first album was such a fucking big fucking deal for fucking music at that time, and also being part of the Seattle sound. Ten right that they could have fucking supported themselves on just ten alone. The album Ten Touring Alone, on the tour, hits. touring yeah. on the hits for the next five for the, years for the bro crowd. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, but what I'm trying to say is, like, yeah, they did that, but it took them fucking a couple more years before they can even make fucking verses because it's it's hard to fucking make bangers, dude. All right? right, it's it's like it's not like you have like this certain genius that happens all the time, dude. It's you know, well, it's, I'm not sure they were after. After ten, Try, I don't think they, they were, were trying, trying to make to, bangers. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think they were trying to capture lightning again no. either. You know, well, not in like a, not in a, in a, in a hits. You know, because ten had a lot of hits. Ten had alive and even flow and well, black. Dude, almost every ten, they had ten tracks on that album, dude. And every of those ten songs were on the fucking album, kind of like fucking Alanis Morissette with her fucking jagged little pill, dude. She toured supported with that fucking song uh, that album because every song on that album was on a fuck on the chart dude yeah uh she supported her fucking music career for like five six years on that album alone dude. right which that is kind alone. of a, a a blessing and a curse at yeah. the same time because then you're pigeonholed into that album Playing and that that, that nostalgia that people and that's that's a good comparison too because that's what that's kind of what Pearl Jam was struggling with at that time was, and I know that uh, in a live show sense, which Pearl Jam is very much known for, um, you know, they, even though they're not a jam band, they, they play a different set list every time you see them. They're not just recycling the hits. There'll be some hits that come up, but they're playing deep album tracks. And they're, sometimes they're, they'll play a medley of all their fucking hits, medley. so you guys can get a taste of it, and then yeah. they'll fucking do the whatever they want to do. And they'll they'll switch it up, yeah. and they'll. I mean, if you're if you're following them on tour and you see five or six shows, you're going to get a full dose of their catalog. That I mean, and that's why bands like the Dead and and you know jam bands, you know Fish fans, whatever. I mean, that's that's what they're looking for. The real fanatics. They're looking for that to see as many of that band's songs played as they can. And that's and that's and and Eddie got that. Eddie Vetter got that. And there was other band members like, um, you know, I know Stone Gossard wanted to go more of the arena rock. Let's just play a live. Let's close the show with a live every night and have the same exact set list. You know, and Eddie was like, no, 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 you don't get it. That's not what we want to do. That's what, not what we want to be known for. We want to be known as a live touring band that people follow around, that the real, f that we're going to give something to the, the people that are. Yeah. Pearl that Jam are, is like another one of those bands like Metallica that they're very good live. It, it does, seeing them live does not compare 
what you hear on the fucking album. For sure. Yeah, they and and what I what do you what one thing I really like about I like a lot of things about them, but one thing I really like is how you you see them in a in an arena and they're playing some songs that could be categorized as arena rock, but the shows feel so intimate. Like you could be seeing them at a small club. And and Eddie kind of makes it that way with his banter to the audience and I mean he's a, Eddie's a comedian. I mean oh, he definitely. could he's he could be a stand-up comedian. Yeah, he's He's such a natural, uh, you know, kind of unassuming lead. Uh, I mean, there's there's got to be ego. You you can't be a lead without having some level some of ego. Of, yeah, some but, type of narcissist. Uh, yeah. But I mean, like, a lot of bands need a dictator. Like, it's it sucks to say. It, it sounds bad to say that, but it's not as bad as you think because when you have. But it's hard s- to fucking. It's hard to fucking. Yeah, be one, but like dude. the the drummer can't be directing shit you know what i mean like sometimes they can if they're well, if you're neil, neil, neil peart, peart yeah then fucking yes that's I'll a different take your direction story, that's but a, you're a whole different fucking that's story. a different story though like if i'm talking about like as opposed to like the main songwriters and lead singers and guitars that are actually writing the songs and, and i'm not ripping on drummers i'm just saying that like not everyone necessarily needs an equal voice in the band not all bands should be democracies. A lot of them work, and I'm not saying they if they don't want to be that. They can, I'm saying a lot of bands work better if they have the one guy who that's get the driving. Force. That's the driving that creative fucking, force, fucking, and is like the captain of the ship and keeps it fucking direct. Creative control. Yeah, you got to have one guy that has creative control. It's really it, hard to fucking grab that dude because yeah. Uh, being in the band myself that I, I try to do that. Okay. And I know that sounds like, what I try to do that. It's, it's very hard to try to be the fucking dictator of it, especially when you have all the fucking songs that you fucking wrote. All the, the band is fucking playing those, performing them and recording them on, on, on shit. So when you have a, a sound that like, yeah, I don't like that. I want you to play the guitar like this. You have to compromise, dude. Yeah. I mean, because literally, we're human beings, and not every human being is going to do exactly how you hear. Well, it and you're not saying head. that as a power trip thing. No, no, but it's it's. I'm saying it as a fucking social fucking, uh, uh, psychology. You know, it's uh, not everyone's going to play exactly what you want to play. If, and, if and you so, if and, you wrote the song. And you have the song in your head a specific way, yeah. and they're playing it a different way than sound. Yeah. You have to tell them. Yeah, that. and sometimes uh, people do not like constructive fucking criticism. Okay, and so like I'm saying, it's like you have to appease. Like when you're in a band, dude, you're literally having a relationship with three fucking fucking people, you know, and you're trying to appease all your fucking girlfriends or boyfriends. You know what I mean? It's like it's. That's what it's like, and I hate the they use that as a comparison because there's so much more dynamics that is involved. But in a layman's terms, that's the only way that I can try to have somebody understand what I'm trying to convey. Uh, it's it's really hard, man. It's really hard to try to be the dictator in a band when everyone thinks the band is a team. Like yeah. there's no I in team. Well, right? what you you need you need to have somebody that has creative control and if the w- the only way to have creative control is to be a dictator then then it's a matter of do we stay together and successful or do are we not 
Yeah. You know, and yeah. and a lot of time, and, and I'm just speaking in a just a very broad general term that so many bands, you know, grow through the same thing where everyone wants equal contribution, and and they should have equal contribution up to a point. Because everyone, you know, should bring their ideas. Bands work better when everything, everyone brings their ideas together, and then you you go through those different ideas and you see what works and what doesn't. And it's it should never be an ego thing. It should never be a power trip thing. It it should be about the band. Yeah. And if everyone is constantly arguing about where they want to take it, then you have four or five people wrestling for creative control and then nothing ever gets done and and nothing ever your well, feelings get hurt and people well, quit you know, i mean people, you know that, feelings get hurt and they just go separate ways dude yeah and shit happens uh, and you know i mean if if it sucks being that fucking asshole but going back to what you're saying you have to be an asshole in order to fucking try to get what you're fucking I don't even think it's sonic being an asshole. Art, uh, sonic art to be out. You know? I don't even think it's being an asshole. I think it's you You know what you want. You know, I'm not saying you, yeah. but hypothetically, the person knows what they want. They know what works. They know what doesn't work. And again, if they're the one that wrote the song, they're the one that gets to basically dictate how the song is played in the band. If another person writes a song and the singer they want the singer to sing it a different way. They have the absolute right to say that, you know, but it's, it's who's bringing what to the table, what works and what you're going to go with as a band. And it's just, it has nothing to do with, you know, if this person's better or worse than others and how much this person brings and how much that person brings to the group. None of that shit matters. If you're thinking about that, you're analyzing shit way too much. It comes down to, are you progressing as a band, as songwriters, and are these songs coming together the way that they should be and becoming a, fr- a finished product, right? And, and yeah, and down to the, and to the, very down to the basic core. As long as you're having fun, then yes. Good. If you're not having fun, then it's not good. It's not good, and yeah. you need to have a fucking conversation. Right. You know, and, right, and, and that's that's just it. Yeah. Well, and, there, and there's a way of doing things. Also, there's you know, there's times there's times with other, with other groups too that that you play so long with them that they're just yeah we just we're just good, dude. We're good, yeah. and we should just yeah. go separate go ways. Separate ways, you know? yeah. And sometimes that's that's a good thing too, mm-hmm. you know, because it makes you fucking think like, okay. Let's observe this situation and see where 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 did it go yeah. sour here and and how can I fucking and bring uh, that into um, your next yeah thing. my next yeah. fucking thing and try to incorporate not incorporate that you know learn from your mistakes and whatnot yeah but, well and, um, and also there's I mean I've I've learned this just from working in many different environments over the years and the way seeing the way that different managers manage people. It's very hard to manage people, um, especially when you have very strong personalities around you. Yeah. It's a very difficult thing. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to lay down the law. Sometimes you have to be a dick. But there's a way, a subtle way about being a dick. <laughs> like, you never want to get personal. Yeah. You never want to insult them uh, and get personal and talk about anything personal with them. You want to talk about what you're doing for work and how they're not doing the job right and how they need to change doing that job. 
you know, you don't want to talk about their mom or anything like that. No, no, <laughs> you know true. What I mean? it, so there's that. And then there's just like, you know, you, you, you keep you have to keep reminding yourself and then also reminding the group that you're all on the same team and you're all trying to get better together. And it's not about you and me. And, you know, it's, it's just about the group and about progress and and artistic creation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Also, too, it's, it comes with, like, experience as well. If you want to go and put it into, like, the office arena, you know, there's there's certain bosses that have been, that are, are very seasoned and experienced, and they have a leadership aptitude that, to see, like, okay, Susie Q fucking works on this type of fucking psychological level. So right. let me, let me right. fucking go down to that level find the fucking gaps of what CCQ has going on and and work and then help her fucking learn on the level that she learns right. at to fill those gaps so she can be a a, uh, a progressive person yep. on the fucking of the team different people a, respond to different ways yeah. of managing yeah. yeah that's what i'm trying to say like yeah. and you have to be smart enough and experienced enough to be like okay clint learns in this certain way so let me go and do that way of learning and like i said find the gaps that he has and then fill those gaps so he now he can be a productive fucking person in the uh for the office and he has fucking and he's and he's showing productivity Mm -hmm. and growth and his career path right you know so and some some folks you know they're put in positions that don't have that season acumen right and they're they're just kind of they're they're kind of like uh Fuck, I don't know. You've been in this business longer than me. What do you think? Well, I don't know, dude. You're my boss. You should be telling me what I fucking should be doing, you know? So there is some fucking situations like that. However, however, going back, um, just talking on tangents that we've been talking about, um, I guess. Off on a tangerine. (laughs) Have you had a tangerine before? They're delicious. Oh, they're wonderful. Are you and, kidding me? And there's even a song called Tangerine. By uh, cl- uh, Flaming Lips. Uh, she don't well, use jelly. Oh, yeah, I suppose, she yeah. She uses tangerine. But also, I think Led Zeppelin has a tangerine, too. too. Oh, yes, you're absolutely right. Led Zeppelin does have a song called Tangerine, and that is superior to the Flaming Lips one. Well, well they're part of the holy trinity of rock and roll, man. Yes, I, mean, I do I mean. love me some Flaming Lips. but I do like uh, Flaming Lips, I do. Yeah, I like their stage show. They're a really oh, great yeah. stage their, show. Their yeah. visual show, yeah, is, totally is amazing. Um, the uh, I think I've told this before, but um, the best Flaming Lips memory I have, kind of, is uh, Bonnaroo two thousand three. They were playing the late night show. Late night show, of course. Like started at like they're they're a perfect band to play a late night show. And this was during the Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots, which is a great tour, album. which is the pro- arguably the peak of their career. Yeah, which is a phenomenal album, phenomenal album. Yeah. And uh, I remember walking up to the stage when they had just started, and they had you know the the all the crazy visuals. It's this very psychedelic show. They're a very psychedelic band, and they had all these this weird imagery showing on the screens, mm-hmm. on the right, like some weird kind of psychedelic Korean K-pop 
video playing at weird angles. They're the ultimate yeah. Wookiee foot. Oh, yeah. They're better than Wookiee <laughs> yeah, foot. Yeah, they're, they're, they're better than they're Wookiee like foot. They're like the ultimate fucking Wookiee yeah, foot. Yeah, they're older and better than Wookiee foot. And in the, uh, uh, in the middle of the show, um, all of a sudden the show stopped and all these police officers came up on stage. I remember this. And, and the crowd is just like, you know, at the, at the time, no one there was sober. Okay, just no one there was sober, including me. And all all the crowd is looking up at the stage, like, "What the fuck is going on right now?" Because all these cops started raiding the stage, and the band stopped playing. And then, right when you know the tension was built the most, the cops uh, uh, started taking out these cameras and started taking pictures of everybody you know like we see you we see you you know just fucking with the crowd just fucking with everyone in the crowd and people are like oh god why are they taking pictures of us you know just freaking out and then a little bit after that the band starts playing again the cops threw down the cameras and started dancing and everything was fine they were fucking with us they weren't real cops i mean that was a wayne coin like Yes, yes. And Wayne Coyne is Willy Wonka. If there's anyone he should be compared to, it's Willy Wonka. But uh, yes, so on that memory, uh, go out, people. Go out and see good music, see good shows. Yeah. I mean, no. Exactly, which is not something that everyone can say, you know. That I mean, that, yeah. I mean, remember the show you go to. You don't have to get so faded that you can't remember shit. But you remember enough. <laughs> but you did you you can say that you saw the Grateful Dead. So on that note, make love, not war. Discipline her body